0: On tonight's, tonight's episode, we, we watched Independence Day Resurgence. Resurgence.
1: Wow. I'm we seeing did. double. <laughs>
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy.
1: Hey, Dan McCoy, I'm Stuart Wellington. Well, Stuart was kind of slowing down. No yep. battery. And over here, oh, up.
3: <laughs> the region. <recharge>. Interrupted.
0: Oh, he's punching Bluto right out of here. No, don't punch Wimpy, too. Oh, he's just in a berserker rage. He's on the battlefield. Oh, Popeye's <laughs> destroying them all. I ripped <laughs> Olive Oil's
3: head off. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalen. Uh...
2: Before we get, and this is the flop house. This, this is the flop house. Well, then what
0: do we do on this podcast?
2: It's a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, I'd like to welcome our new president, President Sex Criminal. Oh man, Damn. wow! Right
1: off the top. right off the bat,
2: <laughs> this has been look. Th- we got to unify under President Sex Criminal. Wow, we're
0: recording this oh, uh, the day after fuck. the election, and I guess Dan decided that
2: no one's going to have any fun. It's anymore. a time <laughs> for healing. Under President Sex Criminal. He just grabbed the grabbed the wheel, started jerking it down one lane. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: yeah. Right into oncoming traffic. Yeah. You know, um, jerking it in traffic. I
0: think I think I'm I'd be curious to find out actually, uh if the political makeup of our listeners is is in any way varied. I'm willing to believe that it's probably not. Um I think all three of us here certainly and I'm willing to guess much of our listenership, if not the majority of it, uh Sees yesterday as a victory for hate, fear, lies, sleaze, and the worst in the American public. But selfishness. That is selfishness. That having been said, Daniel Kirk McCoy, um, there comes a certain point where one has to abide by the rules of the system that we have all agreed to be a part of. But in addition to that, Find a way to oppose a leader you disagree with in a way that attracts or persuades others rather than turns them off. And that's the challenge we're going to figure out by the
3: end of this episode.
2: I don't know. As we talk about oh, Independence wow. Day, research. I don't researches. know what you're talking about. I was being totally honest about my desire to all come together under President <laughs> Seiss criminal. Uh, Elliot's it's stroking his beard. <laughs> I mean, my stubble, because I didn't sleep well and I didn't shave this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we had to get that out of the way. I did had, we?
0: The, I yeah, had to get it out, <laughs> out did of Did we? Way. This is one of... Uh, Dan sometimes likes to drop uh, what he calls truth bombs or T-bombs mm-hmm. on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he'll. Just, I didn't want to get off on a rant. It's similar well, he was to how, trying to
1: set up some really exciting improv opportunities, which you <laughs> clearly grasp <laughs>
0: It's similar to how he will, uh, he will occasionally... Be like, oh, by the way, this first letter is super sad, so don't interrupt me. And then he'll read a story about somebody <laughs> committing suicide. Um, Hilarious! You laughing <laughs> yeah. at that? Uh, a, a bit of embarrassment. Yeah. And here's the thing: I that was a pretty that was a difficult night for me last night. It's mm-hmm. been a that for a lot of people. It's going to be a difficult for years, and it's going to suck pretty hard, most likely. Um, we'll figure it out. But one thing that did help me get through the day. Was hearing from a number of people that listening to Flophouse helped them get through the day. And so feeling like we're doing something worthwhile here for other people, at least even just as a means of escape, rather than just three guys circle jerking around nonsense about Independence Day resurgence or some crap. Um,
2: Although there's that what we watched tonight?
0: <laughs> Help me out! I know all Dan could see was the was the re- election returns rolling over his eyes <laughs> over and over again. He did not see the thousands of alien ships blasting each other to pieces.
1: The 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 prospect of hanging
2: out with you guys and
1: just circle jerking
2: it, <laughs> no matter what the movie, whether the a Independence biscuit, Day, as people do <laughs> apparently. I never understood that thing. I don't know that anyone
0: what are never you really talking did about? That actually done. That's like, you know those rainbow parties? What was that all about? Well, it was a made up thing that no one ever actually did. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're like, the golden snitch, why would you catch it? It's worth all the why wouldn't you catch it? It's worth all the points. Yeah, why would exactly you the bother why would you bother
0: with any other aspect of the game? <laughs> the golden snitch is the game.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like J.K. Rowling watched. Uh, Blood of Heroes, a.k.a. Salute of the Jugger And she's like Instead of a dog skull, I'm just gonna make it The Golden Snitch And instead of Rutger Hauer, I'm gonna make I don't know, Crab and Goyle or some bullshit <laughs> um, Yeah, exactly that That's exactly what happened uh, I I guess Those what
2: are all syllables, I recognize them as, <laughs> it, was, as it, was, sounds. it
0: might have been some language uh, Let's just say this, Dan How about this, maybe this will help you Okay What's What is the opposite of hate? Love Think you. you. could read the other of Robert Mitchum's Knuckles. So that okay. Good. Um, and let's take this thing that we do, which is ostensibly about tearing down somebody else's creative expression, mm-hmm. and instead try to make it into a source of love. A love letter to the movies. A love letter to the movies, and a love letter <laughs> just to each other, to the listeners, to...
2: Anyone around mm-hmm. to...
1: Veteran actor Bill Pullman. Who's I in this? I have often walked
2: down the street before, but the pavement always stayed beneath my feet before. Oh, because of the gravity of the giant mothership that's <laughs> sucking into All at once and- am I, several stories high, knowing I'm <sighs> on the street
0: where you live. So to take that song literally, he is now a giant. Yeah. Whose feet are no longer attached to the pavement.
4: hmm Mm-hmm.
2: It's a song about a horror. It's like a body horror
4: song. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> David Kronberg's Flying Giant. Yeah, yeah, My Fair Flying Giant.
1: Because there's nothing that makes you more uncomfortable with, like, the of a body than seeing the feet not touching the ground <laughs> anymore. Uh, the tall man <laughs> would do that kind of stuff, right? Like. I mean, I think he does, and he probably flies, like, awkwardly, like, horizontally, like he's (laughs) laying down.
2: Oh, man, he's awesome. So, anyway, love. What movie did we love watching tonight, Dan? Uh, We watched a movie called Independence Day, colon, Resurgence. Now, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the sequel
0: to Independence Day, the hit film of 1996, Yeah. in which... Will Smith welcomed an alien to Earth, then punched him in the face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Jeff,
1: I think in that order, right?
0: I think so. And Jeff Goldblum used like an Apple PowerBook to take down an alien fleet. Uh Uh-huh. And then Randy Quaid sacrificed himself so we could all survive. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: As he did in life. And Bill Pullman was the (laughs) president, and he got into a flight suit and got into a plane, which gave a young George W. Bush the idea to do that when he was president someday.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now Independence what if, Day. What if
0: George W. Bush's entire presidency was him imitating Bill Pullman in different movies? So he did that. <laughs> uh-huh. He also he he dated Sandra Bullock while Sandra Bullock was pretending to be yeah. his brother Jeb's fiancé. Jeb was in a coma, like who, in, wait, while who he was sleeping. sleeping? I, I, his brother Jeb, I, okay. have to I mean, look at the guy. He's essentially in a walking coma anyway. Uh-huh. He
2: was also a shut in, and he made uh, his vice president, uh, you know, go out and do uh, all the legwork, help him solve crimes. Yeah, he was solving in a
1: movie that wasn't. Funny, really,
2: nor suspenseful. Wait, is that Zero
1: Theorem? Zero effect. Oh, zero effect. Zero Zero Theorem theorem. is the
0: Terry Gilliam movie with Christoph Waltz, right? Yeah,
3: you're right.
0: And Zero is the mutant liberation front character who turned out to be an android who can teleport. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. So Bill Pullman's Zero had a paradox.
1: This is a star-studded cast.
0: Who comes back from the first movie? Not Will Smith. Oh, he is no. not interested.
1: He, but he he seems less interested in aliens than he used to be. There was once someone told
0: me a story. I mean, it was about, after Earth. Uh, uh, those were not aliens, Dan, because those were on Earth. That's true. Yeah. He someone once told me a story that when Will Smith wanted to get into movies, his people looked at what are the highest grossing movies of all time, and they were all science fiction films. And he said, "That's what I'm making." I'm making science fiction films. And so we did like Independence Day and Men in Black. And I don't know what other ones.
1: I mean, somebody could just be playing Monday Morning Quarterback and with Will Smith's career. That's that true. Hope. And
0: like six degrees of separation, where I think it turns out he's an alien. I at mean, the Soccer end.
1: Challenge uh, Stocker <laughs> or Channing has a
0: kind of almost <laughs> St- St- soccer, St- Channing. soccer Channing. Channing. Whereas gonna, he's she's also known Soccer just,
4: Challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a Soccer Challenge. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Stockard Channing. Please welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, Stocker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that a name? <laughs> so, soccer challenge is a name. Yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, Stockard is basically is barely a name. I don't know what that. It's like it's like stockade, basically, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, or maybe it's Stockyard. like one of those medieval names where it's based on your profession, and there was somebody who uh, was a stock person. I guess so. Yeah, a Stockard
4: mm-hmm. and or a, a Channing, Channing.
2: because they, she was a chain maker. Yep, because she uh, was a Carol Channing impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it was. So uh, who else is in this movie? So
0: Will Smith's not in the movie, but Jeff Goldblum returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a paint. There's a
1: photo of Will Smith. That's true. A, that is at least two photos. There's of a Will photo
0: Smith. with a filter put on it to make it look like a portrait hanging in the White House.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
0: Judd Hirsch returns. Brent Spiner returns. Heck yeah. Robert Loggia returns for a second, mm-hmm. for a one-second cameo. And uh, there's a lot Vivica of Vivica Fox is in it. Vivica Fox. Uh, she's gone from stripper to doctor.
2: An inspiring story at of yeah. Oh. oh. That was her, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I just missed that part of the movie. Okay. Um, well, uh,
0: so, but let's tell the story of the film, shall we? Sure. It we this this movie has aged in real time. It's twenty years since the original Asian Alien Invasion of nineteen ninety six. So they
2: did a little bit of stunt it's casting. Ca- <laughs> it's like the comic strip for better or for worse. It ages in real time. Does for better or worse
0: age? In real time? I know yeah. like Gasoline Alley did.
2: But. Yeah, it does. And Funky Winkerbean and Dunesberry.
0: Funky Winkerbean, the least funky, most depressing comic strip. Yeah, in, in the pages. The Winkerbeaniest though. Did you know uh, Peanuts actually ages in real time, but it's set in a world where the children have been stunted by radiation? <laughs> <laughs> that explains uh, a lot about Snoopy. Oh, oh yeah, he's a mutant. That's how he can dance. Uh, he, it's, he's when he thinks people can hear it. He's like Blood, the dog in A Boy, a Boy and His Dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that, also, he convinced Charlie Brown to cook Lucy. So that they could they could then eat her. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, just and,
1: like at the end of a his dog. Uh, and he has like a Proteus-like power where he can fly as uh <laughs> just because he thinks it, his uh his doghouse turns into a fighter plane. <laughs>
0: yeah. A, oh well no, he's used his advanced uh his advanced abilities to yeah, turn the doghouse into a flying thing. But yeah, he has reality warping powers, which is why suddenly it's World War I again. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he's a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> <Again.
1: laughs> He's lived a thousand
0: lifetimes, <laughs> just like Garfield in the mm-hmm. book "Garfield the Nine, nine lives. lives of Garfield." Uh, so it's twenty years since the original alien invasion. <laughs> the nine romantic lives of Garfield, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is what, he's having sex with a different cartoon cat in each mm-hmm, one, in different time periods. <laughs> it's
2: like a Playboy video from '93.
0: <laughs> Why? Because it's all about Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Welcome to Playboy's video calendar 1993. We wanted to show you some hot models, but we know you want
2: to see footage of Jurassic Park coming out this summer. (laughs) Now I'm just imagining like a woman in a T Rex costume, and there's just like two holes where her breasts are, and they're poking out.
0: It probably exists somewhere. (laughs) Uh, it's amazing how much 1993 to me. The one landmark I can go to is Jurassic Park, and I date <laughs> things
1: by that. So yeah, well, at least like the last five episodes you've mentioned it. It's like oh, Independence
0: Day with that, that alien invasion was in 1996, also known as Three A.D. After Dinosaurs.
4: Mm.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I remember seeing. I remember seeing uh, Independence Day. I think it was like it was. It came out in the summer. I think yeah. it came on, out on the 4th of July to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, I was on uh, seeing, uh, I was on a soccer, at a soccer tournament with my youth soccer team. Soccer Channing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it,
3: was it was a so- Soccer
0: Channing Soccer Challenge <laughs> <laughs> brought that to you by Smuckers.
1: <laughs> it was the Memorial Soccer the Soccer sm- Challenge. It was
0: the Smothers Brothers Soccer <laughs> Channing Memorial Soccer Challenge
1: brought to you by Smuckers and Starburst. <laughs> Yeah, so sound, I was at this words. I was at this soccer challenge and one afternoon when we were not playing games anymore we all as a team went out <laughs> Look, to see Independence you, Day you were, boy, kid- you, you were kidnapped on an island where the rich hunted you for sport and you were like we're <laughs> not
0: playing games anymore No <laughs>
1: this is a bug hunt man <laughs> Yep Uh and I said generals are off <laughs> please don't shoot me <laughs> I know I'm the world's greatest hunter but I do not want to be the hunted
0: <laughs> uh I remember when Independence Day came out and I remember as a I guess what fourteen year old mm-hmm. being like that was okay. And then when I got older I was like, Oh, that movie's not very good.
2: It's not very good, but I still have a lot of fondness for it. It's uh in the tradition of your classic disaster movie in that it shows a lot of it has a lot of, a lot of characters. Know, big stars, character actors, they each have their own like storylines. That converge at different points in the movie. Uh, we get to, we really get to know them oh, as yeah. characters before. Sure. Yeah, Rich, rich you really inhabit painted. that world. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a tapestry. I'm Tennessee Williams. Watch out! I'm saying Day. this in contrast to the movie. Watched <laughs> oh, today. I do
1: declare. There's plenty of aliens about to show. Up. I've
0: always depended on the kindness of aliens. You know, that's better than mine.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying that we we spend we spend actual time with these characters before things start blowing up,
0: mm-hmm. which is
2: the the exact opposite of the movie that we saw. In Independence
0: Day Resurgence is 20 years later. Earth has rebuilt using the alien technology to make laser guns and monorails, and everything looks like the people are <clears throat> living in SimCity 3000.
1: Yeah, we get a little bit of a rundown of what happened in the first Independence Day mm-hmm. when uh, an alien queen in her little uh, space chamber is just watching clips from the first movie. She's watching Bill Pullman's
0: famous Independence Day speech <clears throat> uh, with. I assume, anger. They want revenge. They've never been rejected by an inferior species before, and it's time to make amends for that. Mm -hmm. We're on Earth. We briefly introduced the characters. There's a couple of hot dog and space pilots. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Will Smith's son, who's also a hot dog and space pilot. There's Mm -hmm. this Chinese space pilot. She's a hot dog and space pilot. There's uh, what's-her-name from It Follows, who is an aide to the president, but also
1: a former hot dog and space pilot. And also the former hot dog daughter of the president. Yeah. So, every, I guess current. Now, this, here's is a, what, this is a very specific moment when she was the, formerly a
2: hot dog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the well, witch transformed her into a real girl. Th- this is a point where the movie got a little bit of flack because it brought everybody else back. It brought back your, your Judd Hirsch, your Brent Spiner, all sexy. those guys. It brought Sexy back. And, but they did not bring back Mae Whitman, who played the daughter of Bill Pullman in the original movie, even though Mae Whitman is a working actress nowadays. What does she do now?
2: She's uh, her, a.k.a. Egg, from... Oh, uh, okay. rest of development.
1: Uh, the, she's in a bunch of other... Uh, she was, she in, was the in the movie The Duff. Yeah, she was the, the titular Duff. I don't know what Which that is. Which was a good
2: movie. It's a movie that posits that every group of women have a less attractive woman that hangs yeah. out with them yeah, in Duff, order to throw Duff from
1: MTV Duff McKagan from <laughs> in order to throw their attractiveness
2: into sharper relief. Oh, uh, I see. And uh, it's a romantic uh high school romantic comedy where uh, the titular Duff uh you're saying titular re- yeah, You're
1: saying it weird, dude.
0: Now here's the thing about Independence Day I get All it. Right. She finds you understand love. understand what something. happens. Independence Day Resurgence Every character in this movie is either... She wasn't brought back is what Stuart was getting at. Yeah,
1: and it's fucking weird and stupid because she's a working actress and there's no reason not to bring her back. As much as I I love Micah Monroe's performances in The Guest and It Follows.
2: We also forgot Hot Dog and Hemsworth. Hot Dog and Hemsworth. Which Hemsworth? Uh, It's one of the Hemsworths. Yeah, one of the non-Thor Hemsworths. Yeah. Dunstan? Dunstan Dunstan checked in. (laughs) in Dunstan
0: checks Hemsworth. (laughs) His parents named him after their favorite movie, Dunstan (laughs) (laughs) Checks In. Yeah. they all these every, almost every character is either the child of a character from the previous movie or a fighter pilot or both. Mm-hmm. There it is a very small world in which everyone is a child of somebody else who's also a character. Well, everyone's a child of somebody. Else, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, you know what I mean. <laughs> there are very few like new characters who are not related to previous characters unless they are William Fichtner yeah. as a four-star general who well, we'll tell you what happens. Four, four Michelin stars. So it's in the future. Four Michelin stars. I mean, they don't, it doesn't even go that high. You didn't even
1: yeah. get burnt to get that far. You,
0: you know what happens is you take one bite of his food, and it's so good, you orgasm and then die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that fourth Michelin star is a warning. This will be the best food you've ever tasted, but it'll be the last thing you ever do. And you know what? People are willing yeah, to pay yeah.
1: like $1,000 for that. Like, even if I lock up my weenus in a cage... Uh, I don't really know how that would in any way affect what was happening. <laughs> you know, it'll
3: delay my pleasure.
1: <laughs> so it. I'll eat that thing. I'll eat that sandwich or whatever the fuck he makes me. And I'll be like, haha, I tricked yeah, you.
3: That's the other thing. It's a sandwich deli. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a week later,
1: I'll take that cage off my weenus. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, oh, I'm dead.
3: <laughs>
1: bury me with honors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bury me with the rest of the sandwich. I'll eat it in heaven.
2: Remember me as a guy who had a cage on his weenus. <laughs> Nicholas Linus Cage. <laughs> Dickless Cage, that's oh, what they call man. him. Um,
0: so anywho, it's the future. everything it's, it's our year 2016, but it's the future because they have alien technology. And on the moon base, where they have a moon defense base <laughs> yeah. set up, uh, we're introduced to the Hemsworth and his buddy. They're both orphans or whatever. I think their parents were killed in the big alien invasion. A, a, a mysterious craft appears through a wormhole, and... It, Earth is like blow the shit <laughs> out of that thing and they shoot it down.
1: Yeah, we we uh Earth relies on its baser human instincts of violence.
0: Meanwhile, Now gent-
1: granted, it does look like when it's coming through that wormhole, it, it looks, looks like super the cover. Evil. It looks like the cover of Morbid Angel's Gateways of Annihilation.
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh meanwhile, back at home, by which I mean Earth, welcome to it. Uh Jeff Goldblum is still out investigating his aliens, and he's in the middle of Africa where there's a leftover alien ship that landed Uh and where the locals have finally finished, I guess, by hand hunting down these aliens. And we're introduced to a a group of characters, Jeff Goldblum, the scientist from the first movie, Mm -hmm. an English scientist who's some kind of psychologist who specializes in people who have met aliens, who's hanging out there. Some nerdy guy who is hanging around Wait, Jeff Goldblum. A French scientist. Oh, she's French? I thought she was English. Yeah. Some nerdy, except her mother was in London. Uh, I
2: don't know. She yeah, had a French accent. Yeah, that's what action. happens I when mean, she's played by Charlotte Gainsbourg. So. I mean, all she's I know is French her mom's in Sometimes when
1: London. you have that, like, globe-trotting Euro lifestyle, that's some true. of your family lives somewhere, somewhere, Breakfast somewhere else. Breakfast in
0: London, lunch in Paris, mm-hmm. midnight in Rome, and good night, Irene. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're introduced to Dinner the leader the of the, uh, the, the warlord, the leader of this group of uh, uh, African alien hunter dudes. And he, even though everyone has
0: huge honkin' laser missile rifles that everyone's holding all the time, laser rifles that are so big cable should be carrying them around. Mm-hmm. He prefers to have two machetes strapped to his back yeah. that he uses to slice up aliens he's the. Leonardo style. Of the group. He's the Leonardo, he's the Deadpool He's yeah. whoever has two swords sticking out of their back. So
1: let's go back to those laser guns. So they have these laser guns that they stole from the aliens. Um, or retro-engineered.
0: All the aliens have the same guns when they show up. And they didn't. Now, I don't remember them ever, ever seeing those guns in the original film. No. What are you going to do? They wrecked them. Uh, they
1: probably them. fucking found them somewhere in one of the alien ships. The But the thing is that it doesn't make a lot of sense that, like, everybody is carrying these giant alien lasers everywhere they go. Like, the Secret Service guys have them. And they're huge. Like, they're the biggest things in the world, and that doesn't make any sense. Like, the the trend with weaponry is to get smaller, right? So it's easier to hide? No, no, no. Smaller is, is old-fashioned. Now it's all about big, big weapons. Uh-huh. So you got to carry around, like, a Cloud Strife-sized buster sword? going to pretend I know what
0: that means. <laughs> Are you, like, just pushing a trebuchet around? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of, like, there's a cop on the beat has to give his badge? Give me your badge and gun, and the gun on your ankle. And under his pant leg is this huge <laughs> laser rifle. <laughs> he, he like can barely walk because it's it makes his, his leg has to be straight. Oh, no, that's uh, my giant penis. <laughs> I have it in a weenus cage. That's why it looks so big. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It would be smaller if it was in a weenus
1: cage. It's like the cage also, cages it is. the design of that weenus cage looks strangely alien, almost like an alien laser rifle.
0: Uh, they retrofitted the alien weenus cage technology. <laughs> Uh they find some stuff. Anyway, they shoot this thing on the moon that a Jeff Goldblum and his team decide to go on the moon, uh, even though they're told not to, (laughs) by the in the first of many Google Hangouts, which involve all the world leaders, the president, and anyone who seems to be around a speaker of some kind or a screen, like the president will be talking to the leaders of the other countries and These space jockeys and their fighter jets will be able to listen in on it. The moon base can hear what it is. Jeff Goldblum on his laptop or his walkie-talkie can hear it. Every, it's for some reason, transparency, Elliot. I guess so. Every piece of communications technology in this movie is so wide-band that you can just pick it up on whatever. There are folks driving their cars in the middle of the night, just tuning the radio on the FM dial, who are suddenly in on like national security conversations between world powers and stuff like that. Because It seems to be broadcast everywhere.
1: Yeah, so. well, after they defeated the aliens the first time, they realized that this is kind of a global community, dude, and everybody has to be able to talk to each other. I guess so. So, but
0: there are a number of parts later in the movie when, like, the president will be talking to somebody and it'll be like, We're running out of time. The aliens are da da da. And then you'll see some guys on a fishing trawler listening on and the radio. Like, oh,
3: no,
1: they're running out of time. <laughs> it's like, Why are you on this channel?
0: Uh, where, what's your security clearance? Anyway, they go up to the moon. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. after there's a scene where liam hemsworth uses his space tow truck to push a falling laser out of the way of killing some people which does not, not endear important. him to his to his
2: flight commander or whatever Completely extraneous detail
0: it's just to show us it's a, it's the scene where we see that he's a hero who doesn't play by the rules but he's mm-hmm. right damn it and he's not afraid to take risks and also he does it with a kind of han solo smirk
1: and he's uh affianced to Michael Monroe, the former president's daughter, who is now the assistant to the current president. Yeah, I mean that's because uh, there's 13 people. That's on the earth. kind of problem that happens with government, though, dude. Like Revolving people become door. entrenched and like nepotism. Yeah. yeah, that's why you need an outsider to shake it up. Mm-hmm. Preferably the worst person you can find. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a giant alien queen.
0: Uh, let's not skip to the best part of the movie yet. <laughs> anyway, suddenly the aliens attack. Remember how they had that big ship that. Went over their parts of, of the Of course. Earth.
1: I mean, that ship was enormous, Elliot. It was and that, huge. It is burned in my memory watching that alien ship slowly float out of some clouds and to really understand how much it dwarfs our small human society. Oh, yeah. It was majestic.
0: Now imagine <laughs> if it was ludicrously bigger. Literally, as quoted in the movie, 3,000 miles long.
1: That's pretty big. So <laughs> that's a, how many
0: miles it is to Graceland. <laughs>
2: <laughs> According to Kevin Costner.
0: Yeah. So a three thousand mile alien ship which wants revenge comes out of cloaking. <laughs> they killed its mom.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the ship is so big that it has its own gravity field and it's just pulling space debris up to it. This gravity field, you'll be happy to know, is forgotten about roughly two-thirds through the movie.
4: Yeah. As yeah. the
0: mother alien mothership. Eventually, just kind of settles somewhere and starts boring towards the Earth's core. But the alien mothership it destroys the moon base. No one's left but a few of these hotshot fighter jockeys. Then it goes to Earth, and it's what fifteen to twenty minutes of just cities being destroyed by this thing, just yeah. bumping into them, and well, people and and cars and airplanes falling into. And the that's
2: air. why it's so weird that the gravity thing gets uh, abandoned later in the movie because it is clearly the most effective weapon that these aliens have like it's not necessarily intended as a weapon it's just the fact that their spaceship is so huge that it has its own gravitational it's field.
0: Well,
1: but that's yeah. a, that's but <laughs> but, it, but that's the thing like it it like totally smashes up the moon mm-hmm. and then it totally like slams into the earth like this is a huge thing that has its own gravitational pull. I know if you start messing up with the gravity at least according to the Akira comic book if you just blow up <laughs> part of the moon like Tetsuo does that kind of, like, even that small change to the, the effect, various... sides, tides, The yeah. tides, the weather patterns. Instead, uh-huh. nothing happens unless you count ships and airplanes.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, I mean, that's <laughs> what makes I guess I problems. count that, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's part of the alien's plan. They'll disrupt the moon's
0: gravity so that every woman is on the same cycle all mm-hmm. at once.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but all of all of our most effective women are having cramps. They can't they can't react they to this alien. On, they didn't threat. count
1: on our army of bears being summoned <laughs> by the smells. <laughs> Not the way you want to know. I was expecting more of like a menopausal warrior unit. Oh yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. But they're riding
0: on the bears. Because like like in Mad Max. They're like uh, I guess, yeah, I guess that weighs what that motorcycle gang is, like mm-hmm. a menopausal warrior unit. That yeah. like they'd be like, we can't all of our all of our greatest fighter pilots are women. We can't use them, and then just All these Rosie the Riveters walk out with... Uh, fighter pilot helmets under their arms they're like step aside youngster we'll take care of this one Yeah. pew pew <laughs> you're just saying pew pew ma'am <laughs> pew gotcha <laughs>
4: pew pew
0: <laughs> okay uh, grandma do you, do you know where you are right now <laughs> it's 1946 and I'm fighting the Nazis okay the war was over by 1946 grandma you were there you should remember this you were just this.
1: shooting Germans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what your funny books tell you
0: actually the war is still going on they're taking my pills <laughs> all right grandma let's just set you aside right here hey Price's is right is on oh that's a conspiracy i'll watch it, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it turns around so fast on it yeah
0: um, well you know she doesn't remember things anywho yeah every, every, yeah, place, so is every destroyed. place is being destroyed <laughs> and so yeah this alien ship could basically extinct the human race if it just kept mowing the earth essentially yeah but, that's, but later
2: on they just <clears throat> decide oh it's better just to have like planes fly around and shoot things and like yeah aliens come in with their like walk on the ground boots on the ground with their alien guns it's not well but they need the mothership to start drilling
0: through the ocean into the earth's core yeah it needs to, to steal the, our hot gooey magma core Yeah, you get that <laughs> the most core. delicious part the the hot nougat at the center of the earth Which, as we learn later, the aliens use for power and to grow their technology, a phrase which is never really explained or – and doesn't really sound good. Anyway, this is when wave two starts going on. And we go through – what is it? Just like flying jet attack after flying jet attack as humanity is like, we're not going to let them stop us. This is our planet. Yeah. Yeah. 40 fighter jets go after it, 38 of them are destroyed. Oh, uh, well, this is our planet. We're not going to let them stop us. Yeah, fighter after them, most of the people are destroyed. Until it gets to this, like, as Dan was saying while watching, this ludicrous point where the odds are so against humanity and that, like, we have no satellite communication, we have barely any working technology, much of the Earth has been destroyed. We And, and, and literally to the, the that old plot point that we saw in Battleship 2 where it's like... Good thing the Smithsonian hasn't come by yet to pick up this old analog, these old analog jeeps and walkie-talkies we used to yeah. have. Yeah, the things that the alien technology can't interact with. I will say though, it's amazing that uh, even before, I mean, that before they take out the satellites, even though it's a three thousand mile long spaceship that is causing an enormous gravity distortion problems, mm-hmm. it does not affect cell service. When Judd Hirsch is in a <clears throat> fishing speed, a fishing boat, yeah, speeding away from the mothership crystal he has clear no problem calling he his must son have
1: fucking verizon or something on the other side of the earth i mean yeah,
3: yeah, can you
0: hear he, me
1: now because there's a mothership yeah, yeah, following yeah. He's, he's at the same time he's probably streaming episodes of fucking house <laughs> <laughs> remember house yeah he's a doctor and he fucking he doesn't, doesn't play, play by, by, by the, the rules. rules no he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> which i guess would be with the hippocratic
0: oath <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I like can't keep straight the order of the events, but here's the basics. A bunch of the fighter pilots get stuck inside the mothership. We forget
1: about them for a long they time. They go on the mothership, and they're like, okay, they're we're close, yeah, we're close enough to this alien queen. We're just going to detonate a, our Oh, there's bombs. a giant alien so queen the, on the mothership who is 40 feet tall. Yeah, she's a giant alien queen, and they she's see it, and they're queen. they're, they're, a, they're a alien reactionist.
0: Alien and we're sharing the same dream. And the odds are they'll destroy the earth. <laughs> Welcome to S- Earth. Stu
2: started checking his phone as soon as
1: aliens started singing. Queen. I'm like, oh, what's going on with Angry Birds? <laughs>
3: Still oh, angry.
1: Oh. Uh, so they see this alien, uh, alien queen on alien their alien queen <laughs> on their heat sensors, and they're like. Shit! If we blow that thing up, we win the day. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so they all you have to do is kill the boss level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they
2: send their dudes in there. They, they like the fucking master vampire in uh, Lost Boys or whatever. Exactly like that. And mm-hmm. you're like,
1: but Edward Herman's the master vampire. Spoilers. <laughs> so they fly in. They're like, this is now. This is pod racing, and uh, all of a sudden the aliens are like, ha ha, fooled you idiots. This was a honeypot. We're tricking you guys. Mm-hmm. To and quote, they, quote
0: Admiral Akbar, it's.
1: A trap. Aww.
0: And then they blast
1: them with this EMP, and once again, Verizon comes through, because despite the fact <laughs> their planes are slowly, slowly, oh so slowly, falling out of the sky inside the alien vessel. Which, the alien as someone vessel.
0: in a post-dubbed piece of, e- of exposition explains <laughs> to us, has its own ecosystem. Yep. To explain why the inside of a giant spaceship our fearless heroes are trudging through in. Uh, like rice paddies. <laughs> like <knee> deep <laughs> yeah,
1: rice paddy swamp. So they – so after the EMP hits, they still have plenty – like they have crystal clear signal. They can communicate. People in fucking Norway on a fishing trawler can hear them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they try to detonate their bombs, which once again should not be able to work after an EMP. Uh, Well, the
0: alien ship sends out little like remote control shuriken devices mm -hmm. that go on the bombs and – what blow them up or deactivate them? I don't know. I don't know what. what they do. I'm not. I don't. I don't <clears throat> quite know what happens.
1: Whatever happens, it doesn't work out. Our heroes are left to fend for themselves in this alien rice paddy.
0: Now, here's something that we forgot to mention, which is that when the aliens are arriving, a couple people who had past experience with these aliens are having horrible headaches. Mm-hmm. Bill Pullman's one of them. That African warlord is another one. And Brent Spiner, the scientist from the first movie who's been in a coma for 20 years, is another. Where it is very casually revealed that he's gay and his boyfriend, not husband because he went into a coma before gay marriage was legal anywhere. His boyfriend has been taking care of him and also works at the same secret Area 51 project. maybe that's where they fell in love. I have to assume so. Because otherwise it means that he got his boyfriend a job at this secret lab. And like that's not ethical.
2: It was the closest thing to a relationship that I cared about in the movie because like it seemed like they actually, it seemed like two characters who actually knew each other and, and like and, cared and about, had a feelings for each other. Yeah, yeah. and
1: I mean as opposed to all these characters where it's like, "You're my daughter, daughter." Or... <laughs> I mean, and we're greeted with a parade of characters who. <laughs> I wish it was a
4: parade.
0: Like at the end of Eight and a Half, all the all the characters, including the aliens, just dance around in a circle. <laughs> while yeah, Marcello yeah. Mastroianni just conducts them.
1: <laughs> well
4: we're, even, we're introduced
1: to all these characters who do some amazing exposition explaining the backstory and relationships they all have there's a scene
0: where so will smith's son is a hotshot fighter pilot and mm-hmm. he's about to fly to the moon fly where he can play among the, the stars yep. in other words huge gravity ship three thousand miles long and and a reporter goes Seeing as your father died on an experimental test flight to the moon, how does it feel to be flying now out of a hangar named after him? And it Mm -hmm. was like, "Mm, glad you packed all that exposition into that question
2: so we wouldn't worry that Will
0: Smith might show up later in the film or anything. It's
2: efficient screenwriting, Elliot. You you know that.
0: There must have been some point where they wrote that sequel with Will Smith having a big part, and he said, no, I don't want a big part. They must have written it where he shows up in the third act like he's a prisoner of the aliens or something. Uh And then he goes, hmm. On second thought, I don't
1: want to do it. And they just had to write him down.
0: Write him yep. out and just insert that line.
1: Yep. Insert. Initiate uh, poochie protocol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Run the pooch maneuver.
1: <laughs> I have to leave now. He died on the uh,
0: So, yeah, these, these guys are... Um, so these... So... Humanity has been reduced to a ragtag team of misfits. The president of the United States is in an underground bunker, and the aliens burst in with laser rifles in their hands. And she goes, there will be no peace. And everyone starts firing guns, and it's like, of course there'll be no peace. They destroyed millions of people, and London... China, like, all these places.
1: Yeah, and I was going to the bathroom, and I came back out, and it was just a pee-pee, so it would have gone super <laughs> fast. And I came back, and this whole thing happened. That's it, just it, evidence of how this movie seems to go at, like, a constant it, break, breakneck breaknecks, clip. Breakneck, it's a fast movie. And it's two hours long, but they pack, like, a season's worth of stuff into it. And It does goes, feel like you're watching, like, we're about to watch season two of Independence <laughs> Day, the TV show, and we're watching the, like, Here's the like Netflix like, wrap-up of season <laughs> here's, one. Here's this the recap special.
0: When's Chris Hardwick going to come in and tell us what else is happening? And they walk up to William Fichtner and they go, everyone in the presidential succession line is dead. You're the president now. <laughs> And he's like, hand me a Bible. Okay, swear me
1: in. Get some King Ralph over here. (laughs) Swears himself in. Spotted dick, that's
0: a food? (laughs) I don't want to be king. I'll make my butler king. That's how it works in a monarchy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know that as soon as King Ralph went back to the United States, uh, the butler was... The mob tore (laughs) the butler to pieces. (laughs) And they're like, Peter O'Toole. The butler was like, so I'm the king now, right? And then they found like some three-year-old who actually has a, a drop of royal
2: blood in him. And he went
0: kill him <laughs> and then
2: ascended the iron throne of britain. Yeah, exactly. Now, we we we've skipped over a fairly important thing in favor of much less important things, which is that the first thing that uh, the first alien that is alien. encountered on um, in this movie is not a bad alien oh, but we're in getting fact, to that. A, a good alien. And Jeff
0: Goldblum's like, "We don't know who it is. Don't shoot at it yet." And the president is like, Blast it. Take the shot.
2: <laughs> but, Destroy with extreme humanitude. <laughs> but that was the, that happened at the beginning of the movie and uh, later on later on they like have taken some scrap metal from this uh, the site of the crash back to earth because they want to examine it because Jeff it, Goldblum's like this is I think a different alien species. I think this is not and the it, evil It's aliens. the
0: same shape as a as a mysterious shape that all these people who have had alien mind melds have been drawing in their sleep <laughs> right. or whatever. Because it has to have a or prophecy. It just looks like, or it just like a circle.
2: I mean, like you might as well be like the drawing of a hula hoop from uh, <laughs> Hot, sucker, Hot proxy? sucker Proxy
0: for kids. Yeah, uh, it actually looks like Marvin in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. It looks like his mm-hmm. head. It's just a white it's orb, like a
2: bisected orb, with a
0: black line on it, and it turns out to be this is the most hilarious exposition of the whole thing because the, so there's a, this character that we've in, introduced to a while earlier who is this kind of nerdy bureaucrat who is harassing Jeff Goldblum for some reason. He's, like, checking up on money that a a grant was given to him for, something, I don't know, and he just It's
1: the loosest plot line as to why this guy's there, and there's, it's no, like, it's not like... If this movie came out like 30 or 40 years ago and this person was like a famous singer and they're like, oh, we just need an excuse to put, keep this person in the movie. We needed
0: a reason that Donovan would be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We needed a reason that one why of the Why this partridges... famous tap dancer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we needed a role for one of the Nicholas Brothers. This is why
1: we need the the Harlem Globetrotters are going to come along on this adventure.
0: <laughs> Look, we signed Evil Can Evil to a
3: contract. we got to put him in a movie. <laughs>
2: We've got Rip Taylor here. He's going to need to use confetti. That's part of his bit right at the end of the movie figure out a justification <laughs> look, for why has confetti I
0: I look do I know why we why we cast Mike Dukakis in <laughs> Roll TBD for the movie? No. Just find a place to stick him. I don't care.
2: Um, so, yeah, there's this nerdy guy who, who is, is just comic relief. He's just like this functionary he's character, a constant, bureaucratic functionary.
0: But he's the constant tag-along stowaway who do, is useless and just kind of is like, uh, What do I do here? Uh, I will just, hmm. Here and we go again. Exactly. He manages by touching this orb to activate it. And the orb turns on and goes, Oh, I recognized your organic signature. You're humans. I learned your primitive language. Anyway, I'm from this planet where survivors of the aliens go. Here's what they do. They steal cores. This is our refugee planet. We got all this technology and stuff. Anywho, you gotta protect me. It is the most blatant exposition dump and the orb is not even trying to put it across. It is just <laughs> it might you might have well used just like a speech to text a text to speech program. And don't
1: worry, it's exciting because the orb is a giant white ball <laughs> <laughs> with a black line in the middle.
0: So it's the visual productions are astounding. But uh so what they find out is if the alien queen finds this orb, then the alien queen's gonna learn the location of the refugee planet. And that's it for any civilization that's not Evil aliens.
1: It's basically like in the Matrix when the Matrix robots find out where, what is it? What is it Babylon? What the fuck they call the uh, place where all the humans live? Is it called mm-hmm. Zion? No, it's Zion. 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 Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Uh Babylon and Zion are the exact no, that's opposite.
4: They literally the exact
1: opposite <laughs> concepts. No, but I mean the uh the thing from the Matrix is the same as the thing from this.
0: Uh yeah, I guess so. It's the and it, or it's the same as in the X Files when it turned out there were rebel aliens fighting the evil conspiracy aliens, you know.
1: And if you and the evil wait, I don't remember the evil keep going. aliens will give you the black oil.
0: The, consp- the rebel aliens had their faces melted shut so the black whale couldn't get in them.
1: So were the evil aliens trying to find out the secret base of the rebel aliens probably, so they can wipe it all out?
0: Probably. The same as in Star Wars or whatever. Oh, right. so Star Wars. They're like, Star
1: killer base.
0: Now that I've been activated, the alien queen will notice my radiation, and they go, and Jeff Goldblum puts his fingers together as Jeff Goldblum does. Ah, hmm. Ah, fascinating, interesting. Uh, um. Uh, perhaps if we...
1: Could set up. A trap, Is that your much Jeff like, Goldblum from Earth Girls Are Easy impression?
0: Yeah, uh, right. no, that would be like. <laughs> 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 yes.
1: If we uh,
0: set up a trap here, uh, perhaps we could do to them what they did uh, uh, to us. Mm, uh, mm, uh, the, Brundle fly. Mm, mm. Uh, mm, uh, uh, e, uh, mm, Ernie Kovacs, yeah. other other roles uh, that he's <clears> played, <throat> you know.
1: Uh. Let's go
0: fast. Yes. So. Now there's a couple. There's so two. So like,
1: we need somebody
0: to lead the aliens over here. We're gonna create this box that gives off the same signal as the orb. We need someone to go on a suicide mission. An to orb box. Bring it out mm-hmm. into the desert, and then when the alien queen gets to it, set off a cold fusion nuke. So that which is something we have Love now, yeah. and destroy it. And we'll use one of our TK space shields mm-hmm. to control the blast. <laughs> Uh, and the president's daughter is like, sounds I'll good do to it. me. And they're like, hey, it's and no dumber a plan than when we just threw a hundred ships at it and expected mm-hmm. them to to do the job. Uh, and the president's daughter's like, I'll do it. And the president goes, no. And he's shaved his beard. That's how you know it's serious. Yeah, yeah. It's like Bruce Wayne in the beginning, of Dark Knight Returns, when he shaves his mustache off, and you're like, shit, he's gonna be Batman again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shaved off his beard. He's like, I'll do it. I'm the best one for the job. I'm the only one c- who can do it. He's <laughs> like, wait like- a minute, you are at least. 30 to 40 years or older than every other one of these pilots. Your eyesight must be shit. You need a walking stick or a cane to walk. Like, your reflexes and your coordination is going to be bad. Like, your bones are probably brittle. You just shaved, so your face is all sensitive. Mm-hmm. You are the worst person to fly this mission. Also,
1: whenever he gets near aliens, he starts to freak out, and his head hurts. And yes. they potentially can take control of his body. You and know. They, now. And
0: they should have been like, dude. Your speeches are the only thing that motivates people to fight aliens. If we lose you, another alien attack comes.
1: We found out a lot of the information about the aliens from the time the president snuck into a a (laughs) secret chamber, released an alien that was in captivity, and let the alien uh, choke him out for a while and inhabit his brain, which was crazy. Oh, yeah,
0: the Area 51 secret alien prison. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, he gets into that space tow truck with the with the thing in it and the bombs goes off to the desert. Meanwhile, Judd Hirsch, we haven't we haven't talked about him in a while. Mm-hmm. He is trying to get to his son at Area 51. They haven't talked in a while,
2: and he, he picks makes up makes a big deal about that because we haven't forgotten that he's Jewish, so yeah, he has he's has has always been be nudging his, his son about he, things.
0: He has gotten so much more Jewish. In the first movie, he was like He's just a Jewish guy. In this one, I swear. (laughs) Hey, I'm just a Jewish guy, huh? His accent has gotten so much more old world. It's like, wait a minute. So are you from the old country? Like, what's going Mm -hmm. on? Do I love him? (laughs) For 25 years, I've slept with him, fought with him, (laughs) starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love. What is really then a, you love me This is really I a house. Broadway I do <laughs> and I suppose I love you too <laughs> It doesn't change a okay. thing but even so after 25 years
4: <laughs> da, 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 da.
0: That's the arrangement from the movie it's nice to know. So the weird thing is the difference what between... What have we left? <laughs> Nothing much. Only Anna Terricka. 76
2: trombones led the big
0: parade. Oh, we had to go to the most goyish musical there <laughs> is.
1: The uh, the It was fun to see the difference between uh, when Elliot sings his letter songs and uh, Stewart and Dan check their phones <laughs> or just moan. And that performance where we're like, oh, yeah, we like that thing. we are enraptured. Well, it's a beautiful song from a great show. Uh, So Judd
0: Hirsch has picked up a literally a school bus full of children. He's (laughs) like, let's drive him into danger. And he's driving across the desert to Area 51. And the alien (laughs) mothership shows up. Humans shoot it down. Oh, no, the plan works. Bill Pullman sacrifices life, blows it up. But uh (laughs) uh-oh, the alien queen emerges. She had her own shield, and she is... 50 feet tall, 60 feet tall. And this is where the movie, to be honest... I really started enjoying but, but, because you have a giant alien running
1: through the desert, just batting down jet fighters with her hands, and that. Well, part of it is
0: that and holding a laser gun that must be three hundred feet long.
1: <laughs> yeah, then it's the but it's the exact same design <laughs> as <laughs> the know? other. It was just like they took it and used an in ray and just made it bigger. But it it also, also I blew up part of laser what made gun. it fun is that it, this whole scene of the alien queen like galloping across the like white sand dunes, yeah, is one of the rare scenes that has. uh has a a fair amount of, like, difference in color tones. Yes. You're not just in this, like, super dark, super uh, (laughs) dank-ass, like, moist weed pile. (laughs) Well, you're either in a wet,
0: swampy mothership or you're in an underground bunker. There's very little natural light in this movie. Mm -hmm. And we forgot to mention that the humans that are trapped in the bunker, they manage to steal some alien ships through the diversion of, The Hemsworth just peeing in front of a bunch of aliens, Mm -hmm. and they're so appalled by this that I guess they can't take their eyes off of it and see the other humans getting into the ships. Why would a
1: being just get rid of fluid like that? That's valuable moisture.
0: (laughs) We recycle it for our in spaceship swamps. Hemsworth
2: is now on the uh, aliens uh, sex offenders list. (laughs) Yeah, for. For exposing for himself. Public exposure. Well, he
0: has to show up in alien small claims court
2: mm-hmm. uh, for his ticket for public urination. He has to knock on every uh, spaceship and <laughs> <laughs> tell them that he's living in the neighborhood.
0: I would have loved it if they were going through that alien rice paddy swamp. And there's a bunch of like alien hicks, swamp
1: people, or well, like uh, alien slaves from other races that they've enslaved. That well, would that would have been cool. I'm that's saying, basically a scene from Prophet. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like even within the alien ship, there's this hierarchy of like. There's the sophisticated aliens, and then there's, like, the country cousins who hang out in the swamp area (laughs) and just live in shacks hunting (laughs)
1: nutria.
2: Playing banjos.
1: (laughs) I don't believe in alien queens. (laughs) I want to vote for alien billionaire man. I'm I'm living off the grid in
4: this mothership. (laughs) Sure.
0: Um, But anyway, the alien queen's just glumphing through the desert, and everyone's shooting missiles at her and laser beams. The president's daughter's finally shooting things in her (laughs) jet plane, uh... And eventually they blow up the alien queen and her armor splits open and her gooey body flies out. Now that
1: was great. Not yeah. only was this a giant alien monster running around on the white sands of Mil- of what New Mexico? Yep,
0: like Anthony Hopkins in the world's fastest
1: Indian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but when Clearly this is, alien is, queen is it, dies, it, it, Mex- yeah, yeah, it is right. It uh, squirts out all kinds of juice all over the place because, as you
0: <laughs> remember, the aliens are, are shell bodies with little with like moist fleshy uh, their real selves inside. Yeah, it's
1: like a tiny little turd in there because you know what it is? It's like
0: they're afraid to be vulnerable. And that's, if anything, that's worse than being vulnerable.
1: You know what's weird is why did the humans, when they put them aliens in uh, jail – Why'd they, uh, why'd they put him in jail in that armor? Why'd they leave him in the armor? The same way that in old comic books, you'll see
0: the bad guy in his costume in a jail cell, and you're like, <laughs> this guy's powers are completely reliant on the they, tech in
1: his suit. Why didn't you take that off of him? Why would you put the shocker in his costume <laughs> in a cell? There's literally, in the first appearance of the Vulture,
0: the, the last <laughs> yeah. panel, I think, is him in a jail cell in his costume, and it's like, you know he has no power. He's just an old man, right? Mm-hmm. Take that costume
1: off <laughs> of him. If you take the scorpion's tail off his body, <laughs> he he's just anything. a weird bald guy. But well, he's, I think, surgically attached to that tail. That oh. would be horrible to remove it from him. Yeah. But those are the lengths we're going to have to take.
0: <laughs> it's like there's a there's a book, there's a little golden book that Sammy has that's Marvel superhero characters. And there's a scene where the Avengers are taking Ultron to jail, and Ultron's got his hands behind him like they're handcuffed, <laughs> and these guys look on his face like <clears> and <throat> they're just pushing him, and it's like I kinda this takes a lot of the mystique away from Ultron if they can just frog march him into a jail cell. Mm. Anywho, maybe they powered him down. So <laughs> at the same time, that nerdy guy we were talking That's about before. He's basically killing him though, right? I guess so. That nerdy guy we we're talking about before, he's befriended the African warlord who's macheted some aliens together and he's turned into an alien shooting badass who uses lasers to shoot them. Brent Spiner has seen his boyfriend, his life partner, die in front of his eyes, which has given him grief-rage abilities, which make him an excellent marksman at shooting aliens
2: with lasers. Again, uh, one of the only scenes that had any emotional impact, although then Brent Spiner in the very next scene like went back to just being excited to be talking to this orb. I mean, wouldn't like, you
0: be?
1: It's a cool <laughs> orb. but it's And so anyway, long story short. So wait a minute, The you're saying the scene that had emotional impact was when Brent Spiner- Spiner picked up an alien rifle, and he's like, whoa, and he just started blasting all think, aliens. the aliens as they're like, I guess we're just going to start filing through the door into a hail of withering laser fire. <laughs> this,
3: this is one of those movies,
1: too, where
0: the aliens are brilliant tactical soldiers until it's time for them to start losing, and then they're the Keystone Cops bumbling into each other and knocking each other down. Uh, the, everyone, they end, everyone blows up everything. And Brent Spiner shows
2: up. That's the that was the Taiwanese <laughs> title for this movie. Actually, everyone yeah, yeah. blows Chino up everything.
1: Achebe's, everything blows up everything. <laughs>
4: wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every the day has been saved. Earth is once again free, even though it's maybe a billion people less than it was before, and. Uh, Brent And they're like, we did it. Oh, that's pretty good. And Brent, everyone kisses. Everyone has a partner to kiss. uh, Mm. Because like a Shakespeare play, it ends with the reassertion of societal norms and couples coming together uh, in the natural order of things.
1: Uh, I half expected the woman from – Alien versus Predator, and the Predator from <laughs> Alien versus Predator show up and kiss each other. At that point, there was a point both Stuart and I
0: said, "Judd Hirsch if,
1: turns around and kisses the bus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if the, if that nerdy bureaucrat kisses that African warlord, this is the best movie ever made." <laughs> I mean, there was also I, that fact that there was a gay relationship in it was was nice to have. I but I was like, we were saying, so Will Smith's son in the movie, it's not really his son, but the character's son, and the Hemsworth are old friends. Who had a falling out because one guy caused trouble for the other one in training, and so it's what and that friendship nothing has ever really made much of it, and it would have been so much more powerful if they had been lovers and had had a falling out, and it's like oh yeah this is tw- this is now this is twenty years since the last one. Like they're two openly gay guys who were in the both in the military and their relationship. Well, and,
1: and part of the strain would be that he they were lovers at one point and now he's engaged to the former president's daughter. Yeah, that's going to cause some it's heat, like spice this, to this. This uh, is a new side uh, of you pot?
0: that I'm not used to seeing. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. They're just old old pals. <clears throat> uh, my, they're old friends, just like Simon and Garfunkel, who hate each other now. Uh, Brent Spiner goes up to I don't know Jeff Goldblum and is like. Hey, I was just talking to this orb. We're gonna do some. Inter- he want they want us to lead the resistance against the big aliens. Get ready for some interstellar travel. And I think the last line is literally, "We're gonna kick some big alien ass." Cut to credits, mm-hmm. and it was like the movie is begging you to ask for a, a third one, where you see that happening. But it was like, but with, I'm good."
2: With, <laughs> but also, like, with the fact that like there is not gonna be a third one, probably based on the middling performance of this. That's the wackiest end for a movie. It's like like the end of... No, it's just like, now we're going to go beat them up. Cut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like the ending of the Super Mario Brothers movie where they're like, well, we did it. And then Princess Peach shows up with a big laser and is like, or maybe it's a big automatic weapon. Is like, you guys... We need your help. There's a bigger problem, and it says to be continued. Never made a sequel. Don't know what that was all about. Yeah. I have to assume they failed, <laughs> and that's why no one made a movie about it. Well, and Mario like, and Luigi's heads are are adorning the castle parapets of Bowser Junior. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's like how originally uh, Back to the Future. The originally the end of Back to the Future was just meant to be the end of Back to the Future. They were not going to make sequels. Mm-hmm. So when he came comes in, he's like, Marty, you got to come with me. We got to save your kids. Yeah, like it, where we're going, we don't need. Roads.
0: Yeah, was just well, we like... do much of the time. Actually, I exaggerated. In the future, <laughs> cars can fly, but we do still have land-based roads. And, and if we've you want to, sky huddle- roads too, because
2: <laughs> we need to have some sort of air traffic control. <laughs>
0: we need some sort of traffic pattern, or else cars are just flying willy-nilly. Also. Quick note, I should have told you this ahead of time, you can't hover over water unless you've got power. I don't know what it means either, but everyone says it around
1: here. Also, remember Max Headroom? I didn't think you would. It's huge. (laughs) And there's a magical sports almanac that gives somebody superpowers.
3: Um, I don't know if that's exactly what happens. He
1: grabs onto it. it and he says uh he says power of Clarto Barata to or some shit and then a bunch of robots show up and then
4: uh-oh
1: <laughs> vampires.
0: So, so there's so we are left Hanging on an adventure into space that will most likely never happen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whereas just Brent Spiner, uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Judd Hirsch, and the gang—it's so Why great that like up every character
1: that's—it's basically every character from the movie shows up. They're standing outside, and outside in this movie means on a soundstage. Yeah, so obviously on a green screen, on screen. A green, street, green screen soundstage, on a Sydney Street yeah, soundstage. <laughs> Yeah, they're not like at like a fucking just soundstage, and you can see like boom mics and fucking giant lights hanging <laughs> out.
0: Flats like piled up behind. No,
1: basically, and <laughs> Minnesota they flats. like they basically all are like, wait a minute, we can go to outer space and fight some aliens. Why not? And they all like give each other like high fives and thumbs up and crack mm. some fucking beers. It's like the and end. You're of like it? simmer down, dudes. <laughs> you guys just had a fucking crazy adventure. There were lives lost. Why don't we take a second to regroup?
0: Let's take a second to remember that the world is in chaos right now and the earth's governments have been decimated.
1: Let's set up You can you can control them with an iron fist now that you have the omnipresent threat of alien invasion. And also because you can channel your chi into
0: your fist to make it as hard as iron, Danny Rand. You learned it in Kunlun, the hidden
2: city. <laughs> sure. Coming
0: soon to Netflix.
2: All right. Uh, Come on, guys. uh, (laughs) We're playing the game where you don't know the reference. (laughs) It's time uh, to uh, do our final judgments on this movie, whether it was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. Stuart, I see you pawing at your beer, sadly, because it's Mm -hmm. gone. (laughs) Uh, What do you have to say about this movie?
1: Like a Stuart with a beer that's gone. I felt kind of empty after finishing this movie. There was not a ton to it. It moved at a super good clip. I was hoping that there was going to be more wacky shit, and there was a lot of stupid, terrible crap. Uh, it's a very dumb movie. Um, but I don't. Th- I mean, I like the scene where the alien was like galloping around, being a crazy giant alien queen. Uh, maybe it was a good bad movie. It's so close to just a bad bad to a good bad. I don't know.
0: I am going to go out on an alien-sized limb, a 3,000-mile limb, and say that for the wrong reasons, this is a movie I kind of liked, and mm. I'll tell you why. It felt like I was watching a movie made out of the cut scenes of a game that I wasn't playing, like I just put in the cutscene mode, or I was watching... Someone, at, I was watching like uh, there's some Japanese TV show that ran for 13 episodes, but they are going to distribute it in American theaters as a movie and try to chop it down to two hours. It moved so fast and it was so dumb and it was so overpacked with nonsense. And by the time that alien, the giant alien queen was running around the desert, I was like all right, movie, you're super stupid, but I'm enjoying myself. So on a, on a genuine level, like not on an ironic level, on like this is genuine garbage that I'm enjoying, mm-hmm. in many ways more than the first one because it was ten times stupider, ten times faster, and every time I started getting bored, something else would happen. The one thing I didn't like were the scenes where... The gravity was destroying whole cities yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, I found that- like
1: that. You don't like that? Uh, you don't like seeing all of humans' uh, <laughs> no. achievements just decimated by stupid aliens? I found that genuinely troubling. And it may just be that
0: I've had like a pit in my stomach for yes. since last night. I think
1: we're all go- working through some shit. Yeah,
0: but it was like I found that genuinely displeasing and troubling. But it, there was something like. I really enjoyed about watching that alien queen running through the desert with that blue sky behind it and the white sand underneath it. And, <laughs> and
1: you're like, keep running, you beauty, <laughs>
0: <please."> <laughs> Keep running, running, you know, breaking away, breaking away too. electric alien boogaloo. But they're like, and it was the only well choreographed action scene of the whole movie where I knew where the fighter jets were in comparison to the alien. And as stupid as it was, like. It, that scene worked for me. So yeah. I'm going to say I kind of like this movie even though I'm just
1: it is dumb. It's dumb as a bag of sticks. And I feel like, you know, they, they did try and sneak in a couple of like inspiring, bullshit inspiring speeches, but they didn't go on that long. No. So you don't feel like, like, come on guys, fuck off.
0: The first Independence Day had a little bit of the trouble that Olympus Has Fallen has where it's like, you guys know this didn't happen, right? Like this is all fictional and I'm not going to have a real emotional response to Earth freeing itself from aliens in this way, because this is not a real battle that happened. This movie, not for a moment. Was <laughs> it trying to, to create any emotional st- resonance? Strong
2: strong uh, uh, stance against all of fiction. Oh, well, no. You're like, uh, don't try and trick me, movie. <laughs> None of this ever happened. Well, no, it's more, I'm not going to have an emotional response.
0: No, no. When a movie has the genuine emotional heft, to have an emotional response is one thing. But when it, when it's a dumb action movie, but they're going to have a scene in it where they're like, damn it. You're gonna be proud of America for the way we handled this alien invasion. Like, uh, I'm gonna save that for when I watch a movie about a real thing or a movie that is about characters that I feel about. You know, as opposed like, but this movie, not for a moment. It was like, you want some dumb stuff? Boom, 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 boom dumb, 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 dumb,
3: dumb, 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 dumb. But wait, the moment when and you and now see we're it? gonna tease the dumbest movie ever <laughs> made.
1: What about the scene where you see a bunch of Tibetan monks sitting around an old radio, and they're like listening <laughs> into the president have a private conversation with his t- joint chiefs of staff? Yeah,
0: even that seemed pretty pretty phoned in.
2: Uh, you guys have jabbered on a long time, so I'm just going to quickly say, "Good, great, uh, Dan's favorite. Uh I can't go with you guys. Um, Them all. I had more fun watching this than a lot of bad bad movies, but I still feel like the movie cut out everything that could have um, given me any reason to care about any of the characters. And I don't know whether, I don't know. I don't I actually guess I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing because the fact that they cut all that shit out meant that the movie went so fast. But at the same time, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about anything that happened in the movie. Uh, I will say that on the Emmerich scale, it's, (laughs) it's better than like,
0: which is what how they measure farts.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's better than Schlock like uh, Ten Thousand BC or Godzilla. Uh, I liked stupider movies. I think even than this, like Twenty Twelve. I still haven't seen
0: Twenty Twelve. Yeah,
2: yeah. So. I lived
0: it four years ago. What movies should I go see this weekend? Should I care about the Emmys? Is this meme already dead? Is VR cool? What happened to Choose Your Own Adventure book? Are the Kardashians
2: for real? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branum, Winter Mitchell, Margaret Wappler, and Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> uh, before we get into sponsors... We have an exciting announcement, which is uh, on Saturday, February 11th, Maximum Fun. You know them. That's our podcasting network. Yeah, hosts
1: a ton of great shows. Lots
0: of great podcasts are home, too.
2: Uh, they're bringing something called Very, Very Fun Day to Chicago's Thalia Hall for an unforgettable day of laughs. VVFD, as uh, I'm calling it, will feature the Maximum Fun Podcasts. Judge Jean Hodgman. Boo. You said that very French. (laughs) Judge Jean Hodgman. Oh, and also boo. (laughs) Jordan Jesse go. Yay. Us, The Flophouse. Oh Oh, No, Ross and Carrie. Yay. Tights and Fights. Mm. And Stop Podcasting Yourself. Awesome. Uh, Along with other festivities, including local podcasts, The Nerdette, Friendshipping, and Reclaimed Soul, and stand-up comedy sets from local comics, Q&As, and more. All spread across Thalia Hall's three spaces. Uh, tickets will be on sale Friday, November 11th. That'll be the day before this is dropping, actually, so they will be on sale. Uh, <clears throat> right
3: now.
1: now. So if they're not already sold out, you got to get on it because that that's a really good... That's a
0: great lineup. That's
1: a great lineup. There's regular tickets. There's VIP tickets, which at the very least... Give you guaranteed seating, guaranteed in the sex with
0: any of the hosts. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, yeah. If they're named Dan,
1: Guar- guaranteed sex with any of the hosts sounds like a really bad
2: Showtime <laughs> series. Uh, uh, so that's what date is it? February eleventh. February eleventh in Chicago, twenty seventeen. So you live in Chicago mm-hmm. or the Chicagoland area? Watch out for that. I'll put up a link on the website to where you can buy tickets. If I forget to do that, just go to maximumfund.org.
1: I think we're are we know. doing a are we doing a riff show or are we doing a live? We're doing a
2: riff show. A riff one of our rare riff shows.
1: So we're gonna be screening a movie, we're gonna be making jokes, and it will not be recorded for posterity. No. So it is a it's one of those like things that millennials love where you're like paying for the like experience as opposed to a product or an object. I I it's mean you, I call millennium. theater
0: I guess, I don't know what it's <laughs> called like most things.
1: Yeah, like that. Like, most
0: things. Like every human experience before 100 years ago, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're going to be blowing a lot of laughs in the windy city. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> nothing more pleasant than Chicago in February. I kind of like Chicago winters cuz they really test you.
2: I mean, I. Feel, all right. I mean, I also famed comedian Chicago winters. I feel like, I mean, I come from Illinois, so I know that like there's this very special. Come from the land of the ice and snow, <laughs> Illinois. I know that there's a very special kind of frigid that uh, the center of the country achieves, but also here in New York, we have some pretty miserable winters, and uh, well, I them. have enough. i I've, I've had enough suffering through winters to, it's no longer all right. a novelty Pull an Arthur
1: me. C. Clarke and move to wherever he lived, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka or something Alright, yeah. yeah, sounds good <laughs> You can write a bunch of books about robots mm-hmm. and enjoy wearing Isaac a fucking Asimov. sarong <laughs> all the time
2: All of this sounds
0: great to Put me Put an ice bucket on your head like Dr. Moreau <laughs> All
2: of this sounds great <laughs> yeah, I'm in a warm climate I'm writing about robots, which is fun it goes I'm to wearing loose fitting comfortable <laughs> clothes <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. And go sit on a, pian- and a no piano man-
4: and have
0: your little version of you playing a smaller <laughs> yeah, piano on top of it. Yeah, no,
1: no <laughs> right. man can judge <laughs> you, nor beast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the giver of the law,
2: not the reader of the law.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, um, but yeah, that'll so be a very fun trip. very fun day. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be nice. So, uh, but we do have some uh, sponsors for the show. The uh, flop house.
0: time. <laughs> Thanks for that jingle.
2: <laughs> the flop house uh, is sponsored in part by ZipRecruiter. Uh, are you hiring? Yes. Ask, ask Dan, <laughs> seriously? <you> <laughs> yeah, can you help sure, me? Yes. Do you know where to do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? No, I'm, that's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you can't find the quality candidates by just posting your job in one
1: place. That would be absurd. That's true. We had a, a terrible luck with using one specific place.
2: Well,
0: we were mostly writing it on the walls of one urinal. Mm-hmm. And you, well, urinals don't really
2: have walls. You wrote it on <laughs> the back of those... Uh, Dan Stevens will play your guitar or whatever it is. Dan Stevens will play your guitar. Dan the Steven guy from know, Down Abbey we'll, okay. will play your guitar. <laughs> yeah, because
0: yeah, it will teach Wait, you guitar. will teach you guitar. So I is know. it Dan
1: it's, Stevens before he got the chin <laughs> implant or after he got the chin implant? uh after he, okay he, then yeah he, i want to see i'll look at his back and now, see the thing i wrote on it now, <laughs>
2: now that he's got a chin implant he puts it under his chin like a violin that's how he plays the guitar i
0: feel like okay. we might be off the topic of zip oh, recruiting. okay sorry
2: uh the point is you can't just post your job in one <coughs> place uh if you want to find the perfect hire you need to post your job on all of the top job sites and with zip recruiter you can with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. So uh, right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com first. That's ZipRecruiter.com first. One more time to try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash first. Yep, because we're the first house. Now,
1: as as a small business owner, I can attest that uh, using various internet sites to post jobs can be a real pain in the ass. And uh, as somebody who works mainly in the service industry and not on the tech, in the tech field, uh, in the tech war? Things <laughs> definitely don't work in the tech <laughs> war. Not anymore. That was a different Stuart. That was a lifetime ago. But the uh it's like a lot of that shit is confusing for me and the site the sites that I used to post on, uh those aren't the ones that people use anymore. Yeah, like spear so, yep,
2: De- <laughs> yep. yeah, dot com, fear dot com. Yep, when I post on those, yeah, the I
1: game.org. Get, I get I usually get like four hundred four error, errors and stuff.
4: You
1: <laughs> and get a I lot get, of jigsaws flying. Yeah, yeah, I get uh, I get responses with links to Geocities.
4: <laughs> Geocities,
1: <laughs> or is it GeoCities? I can't. I assume it's GeoCities, but I don't know that. No one ever officially introduced Geocities. me. GeoCities. Uh, <laughs> the GeoCity
3: ratings are off the chart. <laughs> oh no,
1: man! Turn the lights off. Uh, <laughs> somebody call the parents and tell them not to come home um so yeah use zip recruiter why not uh why not
2: why not not, indeed a powerful endorsement (laughs) the second uh second sponsor of the night the flop house is supported in part by Squarespace.
1: Uh, <laughs> Squarespace.
2: Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Uh Dan, may I have a question? Yeah.
0: No. Um, (laughs) no, I have
2: a website I'm trying
0: to get off the ground. Okay. And I want to know if Squarespace would be able to help me. Okay. Now it's the answer's probably yes, but go on. Now it's called keepimoldy.com. And it's to help you keep things moldy. Your basement, maybe your clothes, if you don't dry them properly.
1: For a second I was really concerned that it was keep um oldy, and I'm (laughs) like, I already got that fucking website. So I'm glad that you changed it up. No, it's
0: keepitmoldy.com. Now, here's my pitch. We all love mold. Who doesn't? It's soft. It smells good.
4: Mm -hmm. It makes
0: cheeses. It's full of nutrition. Makes cheese right there wherever you want it to. But sometimes it's hard to keep it moldy, you know? We're all just trying to keep it moldy in this world. And this today, it's harder than ever in America to keep it moldy. So my site is kind of like tips, different ideas about things you can do with mold. I mean, are most of the tips just make it damp? <laughs> so you've seen the site. <laughs> I mean, I'm familiar with your work. So I want to host it, and I want people to be able to look at it on their phone, on their iPad, on their laptop, wherever they need to keep something moldy. Maybe they're in a yeah. basement; they don't want to carry a laptop with
1: them. Just look on their phone, you know. Is there is there a section called Dank Tips, where on how to keep tips on how to keep things nice and dank and damp? Yes, and those t- <laughs> <laughs> there is a section called that. Did you look at my proposal? Or yeah,
0: yeah. is there a leak of marriage? Is there corporate sabotage at work here? Because uh, here at Moldco,
1: we take our corporate secrets very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, I, you know, this sort of... Uh, How can LA take advantage of Squarespace? Yeah, for keepitmoldy.com. Uh, it's easy. You can create your website with Squarespace. With a simple, intuitive process, you can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse... Squarespace makes it easy to add a domain to your site. Keep If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free.
0: So, dot biz, or org. I mean, I want the com is really where it's at. Yeah, you're already off most people's radar. If you have the other ones, maybe like keepamoldy. But that's a different type of. Yeah, site.
1: if you if you get the link to like .dot biz, you're like, fuck. You're this. like, is this even real?
0: .dot pizza is that real? Yeah,
1: if I click on that, <laughs> I better get. Am I gonna a pizza? have to eat a
2: whole pizza? I think is that what I'm signing myself up for? Or my money back?
3: there, is, there,
2: there is a dot pizza, right? Uh,
3: Eat a whole pizza or your money back.
0: We got to change the promotion. People are just leaving a little bit of pizza over. And we got to give them the money back.
1: <laughs> uh, it's not a. Are you laughing because you've never heard somebody do an Italian accent and talk right. about pizza before? <laughs> I'm just like, why is he talking all funny? <laughs> Wait a minute. I guess Italian people do make pizzas.
2: Is that how elves sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, among other things, there's great customer support with Squarespace. 24-7 customer support. In fact, every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a <clears> Squarespace <throat> office. Look, I don't need to sell this to you anymore. The point is, start your free trial today. At start Space. your free child
1: today.
2: <laughs> start <laughs> your yeah, free why not, child dude? today. All I have to do is get someone pregnant. It's totally free. I uh, mean, there are many costs involved well, afterwards, but the pregnancy, uh, the conception is is free. Sure,
0: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay,
2: good point. Mm-hmm.
0: You're right. If if it costs
2: a lot, start your free child today. Adam
0: and Eve would be like, "How do we pay for this? <laughs> Money hasn't been invented yet." Mm-hmm. I
4: guess can uh, we trade with apples, more ribs,
2: snake scales? <laughs> I only have a certain number of ribs. If I keep ripping
1: them out. You'll be, be, be like a real Maryland Manson.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Geo Cities. Continue, Dan. Start your free trial today at Squarespace, Squarespace, Squarespace.com. Squarespace. Squarespace. Slash flop to get ten percent off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com slash flop to get ten percent off your first purchase. And that's keepitmoldy.com to keep them moldy.
1: We're doing a good job keeping these ads pretty tight,
2: guys.
4: (laughs) The briefest
2: of ads.
0: Uh, we, do we have any jumbotron things, Dan? J- 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 oh, ma- Jumbo, c- you
2: know the answer to that. You have it right in front of your face. It's
0: called trying to be natural with a Segway, Dan, mm. so that, to give the illusion you still have control over the sinking ship. <laughs> Ellie's
1: trying to set me up, classic T-ball style, and I'm going to wind up with the baseball bat like Casey <laughs> and slug <laughs> no, a no, home run. Casey struck out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Casey lost. <laughs> I'm gonna knock it into next week, like old Casey. <uitive> no,
0: Casey lost. Then he started got on a train and turned into a ghost or something. <laughs> (laughs)
1: So, this message is for Drew, last name withheld. Barrymore. And the message is from David, last name withheld.
3: Borianis. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) They're an item. Um, Okay, gorgeous friends. Here's our message Congrats on the new kid. Now you have three, which is great because three rocks triangles, primary colors. Martian prostitute boobs from the movie Total Recall. Story checks out. The Holy Trinity. Three is central to them all. Not to mention, it's the number of original peaches on the world's most important (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Is this uh, Jumbotron promoting us, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's promoting this new kid. Uh, Anyway, anyhow, anywho, may the Lord bless and protect you, and may Neil Breen... Someday portray you in a film. Which is, I think, the highest honor somebody can Mm -hmm. hope for somebody else to receive.
0: We have another similar Jumbotron message. Theme night. This is a message for Nathan, Carly, and Baby Milo. I think it's pronounced Carly. This message is from Mark and Trace, last name withheld. And it goes like this. Trace Blue. A huge congratulations, I assume it has to be Trace you. a huge congratulations to you guys on bringing your new baby into the world. I'm hoping that getting the floppers to say, way to go, guys. Way to go, guys. Way to go, guys. Way to go, guys. Is a better gift than baby clothes and diapers. If not, I'm sure they'll honor a refund. Love you guys. Mm. And I want to say congratulations to all these people on bringing these new lives into the world, because what's most important in this life? Family. (laughs)
1: <laughs> truly, if this movie, if New Penn say research and
0: taught us anything, it's that everybody's somebody's kid. Yep. Even if they're not in the movie and we're just in the first So,
1: congratulations
2: to nobody until somebody Thank you, love David. You.
1: And uh, before we get into letters and whatnot, I just want to shout out that today. Uh, the day that this episode is coming out is Saturday, November twelfth. Is that right? Does that check yes. out? Yes. <clears throat> and I just want to say uh, a special shout out to my buddy Alex Smith, who is a guest on this show, and he's my co-host on the super popular podcast "Till Death Do Us Papa a Party," <laughs> an exploration of Def Leppard through the ages.
0: It is by far the best Def Leppard podcast
1: with, with the, the dumbest worst name. name. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest to search name. That's our <laughs> you know, That's Because not, not spelled like those words are spelled. Uh, and I just want to, uh, the day this episode comes out, he's going to be getting married to a girl that is way better than him, so he should feel bad about that. And I just want to say, if you get a chance uh, to say congratulations to him, you totally should, because he's an awesome guy.
2: Oh, I'll take I go just got done. congratulations. Congratulations! Yeah, that's what
1: I, it was—a call to action, dude. <laughs> uh, and we <laughs> failed.
2: See, I'm that's ag- what ag- I congratulated t- him on a little episode of "Tell Death Deaf to His Party." It's episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether it'll be out or not by the time this. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But I guessed it on an episode.
1: Oh wow! You just gave everybody a little bit of a peek behind the curtain mm-hmm. of a different podcast, <laughs> uh, and that's what our podcast <laughs> needs peek behind more. The curtain. It needs more. more uh, it needs and more, more crossover audience events. engagement opportunities.
0: Uh, sure. Well, they could always go and download "Presidents for People Too" my series for Audible. Do you have a hashtag for that? Uh, hashtag presidents for people too. Oh, okay. I guess or, you or hashtag p a p t.
1: You just did that. I couldn't do that. Hey, in the in my in my What's line that of work? five words turning them into just letters? Just four words. <laughs> <laughs> but yes that's almost five (laughs) making an acronym out of four words is pretty like I don't know I've had a couple of beers it's late at night I'm impressed thank you I
2: appreciate that
1: so Dan what's the next part of this podcast oh I'm sorry
2: I was taking a yawning break the next time (laughs) the next next part of this podcast union rules
3: say we get a yawning break (laughs) every hour
2: the next part of this podcast is letters from listeners. Listeners like you, mm-hmm. perhaps. Did you write a letter? <laughs> if, if you did, maybe. If not, probably not. That's the way letters work. Anyway. It's time for the
0: letters. <laughs> Every now and then a letter arrives that you never thought would come. Maybe you thought it'd be impossible for this letter to get To you, it's not a good letter. It's not a letter that you want to read. And you know it's going to cause trouble for you. Trouble for others. Trouble for a lot of things. It's a letter that might make you sad. It might make you mad. It might make you feel bad. And then you look at the people you love. You look at the world and you realize this is just one of those letters. And you'll see plenty of letters. (laughs) There's gonna be so many letters, so many letters, so many letters. Someday you'll look at this letter. It'll make you shiver to remember this letter, to remember the day that you read it. But you'll be glad that it's gone now. And there have been so many letters (laughs) since then that this letter can't hurt you at all
1: anymore. So remember in the early days when Elliot was doing them letter songs and he rhymed letter with a lot of other words and (laughs) now he just rhymes it with letter. (laughs) Reverse. Just reverse now. Uh, I I also like the way when Dan set him up, Elliot just kind of shrugged his shoulders. He's like, fuck it. I guess I'll sing a song today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I never expected. I never expected. I mean, I know that sometimes it's just. Sometimes not, I just don't feel it. That one was there. a metaphor.
1: So it's weird. Dan, right now is checking Pornhub. <laughs> no, I got a uh, l-
0: Lisa Ann's still the number one rated <laughs> star. Yep. Okay. So I guess if my work is done. Got to go research project over. <laughs> I got
1: I got a. Wow, know. number one rated. Wow, she's put in the time. I guess. And
0: run by uh, J.D. Power
3: and Associates. <laughs> I got it JD Pornstar and Associates gives Lisa Ann their top rating for the third year in a row. Wow. In fuel efficiency
0: and overall control. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, wait, wait. Uh, reading this now again, it seems there's a problem with the brakes on the on Lisa Ann. We're going to have to recall that. Oh, boy, this oh, is man. terrible. JD Power and Associates are pulling their awards. Got
1: of, she got a lot of mileage out of that Sarah Palin <laughs>
2: Uh, impression she did, did <laughs> so, very much so. Yeah, she did not. I didn't. She did oh, you not say, much that much like Sarah Palin.
0: You know what, Dan? <laughs> wow, I am amazed that you are taking umbrage at the accuracy of this porno. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Did she? Was With, she ever? Was she ever a Liz Lemon in a Thirty Rock parody? Skit?
4: <laughs> probably. It would have
0: been called Thirty Cock. <laughs> <laughs> and probably. Not Dirty Cock? No, pro- actually, probably would have been called like 30 cro- Thirty Rock
1: XXX a porn parody or something. Because yeah, they some, ran out they, of um, imagination.
0: Because the world of porn is
3: without imagination well, yeah, these days. You don't
1: want to read it and be like, 30 Cock, mm, not interested. Mm, I only want to watch too many porn. for me.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, without the X, like the triple X,
2: you're like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> 30 chickens in a room. No, <laughs> thank you. They're going to just peck each other. No, I got an email from uh, my meditation app saying the post <laughs> the post election meditation we all need for healing and unity. So, uh, so that's why you in you stopped doing the segment that we were about yeah, to do. I can take a session for me about compassion meditation to remind us of our common humanity, our shared hopes, and how to press onward together. Are, is this
0: some kind of wait? Is this some kind of <laughs> stealth ad? Are you doing a stealth it's, spinoff? First, like off, when Mork appeared on Happy Days.
1: Ellie and I. Lay our souls bare. To do this stupid ass porn star <laughs> bit,
0: and you're do reading I want an email that I have this much knowledge about how porn works. No, of course not. I want them
2: to think I'm, I'm the, the one p- who objected to the accuracy of the pornography. I think I'm implicated as much as anyone. I,
1: I gotta say, I'm impressed that you can both read an email from your meditation <laughs> app and take uh, complain about various porn stars it lookalike think, abilities.
0: Makes me think the meditation app is not working if it's not able to clear your mind enough for you to lose this. How old? Uh, four-year-old grudge against a porno? Against oh, no, more not, than four years. This eight-year grudge against the accuracy of a porn?
1: Not a chameleon, says Dan McCoy. <laughs> De
0: Niro in *Raging Bull*? I don't think so.
3: Lisa Ann fails to disappear into the character of Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: Meryl Streep, says Dan McCoy in the Porn Thespian Review
1: Quarterly.
4: <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Whatever
1: happened to the days. Now that we've used up all of our goodwill, <laughs> let's do the segment Elliot sang a song about. <laughs> what, like an hour ago? Uh, the letters are here. Fuck. <laughs> This, uh,
2: I'm so
1: glad I wasn't drinking, or I would have done a spit take on Dan's computer. And then he would have banned me from being in his apartment. Mm-hmm. This
2: is. Uh, <laughs> Charles banned. This is from David, last name withheld. Oh, my brother, probably. Uh, this. Uh, I'll just read the letter and then I'll say something about it afterwards. Okay, That's is, the this, way it is this the works. kind
0: of letter that I shouldn't interrupt because there's something sad in it?
2: No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Hello, Peaches. <laughs> Does that happens sometimes, and I feel bad afterwards.
2: Hello, Peaches. I want to thank you for helping me through a difficult time. As a TV news journalist, I have spent the last year fretting over the 2016 election, but the past four weeks up through election night were particularly brutal. My anxiety was at an all-time high, and one way I coped was by listening to your back catalog nonstop. No matter how bad things got, hearing you almost made me, always made me feel better. And help me take my mind off things. And I don't know how I would have made it without you. (laughs) While I'm here, I have a kaiju-related question for Elliot. How much screen time should monsters get in a kaiju film? A common complaint about Godzilla movies is how much time the films dedicate to human characters rather than the titular monster. (laughs) Is there a solution to this? How much monster screen time is too much or too little? Thanks again, David. Last name withheld. Now, Elliot sort of spoiled this earlier in the podcast, not knowing that uh, there would be a letter about this, but... uh, we got a lot of messages from people saying
0: Oh yeah, my heartfelt thanks. Spoiled this letter. Sorry, Dan. Again, tell me these things ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> my, we got a lot it's of It's a little bit like if it, if we were in if you took me to a murder mystery dinner theater, but I'm I didn't know saying, but I didn't know it was dinner theater and so I see someone with the blood on their hands and I'm like that guy's a murderer <laughs> and you're like, "Elliot."
2: I meant This it, is just for fun. I meant in the I meant in the spoiler sense, not that you've ruined anything. Oh, Okay, thank you. Uh uh, that was sweet a sweet moment Ellie touched my arm just to be like hey we're, we're cool right yeah okay I love you um, so
1: I miss most of that letter because I wait, hold laughing.
2: <laughs> let me just say that uh <clears throat> no we got a lot of great uh messages both via email this is just one representative one and on the Facebook group saying thanks for uh, helping <coughs> us distract them from the misery of <laughs> president sex criminal uh and uh and related election stress no matter what side you're on this was it uh, so this, it was very nice to hear these sorts of things this was a very particularly stressful election campaign and it will continue to be stressful
0: and the world is in a stressful place right now and not to sound this is the kind of thing that i feel like celebrities say and it comes off really fakey but i don't mean it that way like i find it genuinely humbling that people can take this kind of solace in our nonsense and that we can help people in that way. And it's not in any way our intention, just speaking for myself, uh, our intention is just to ourselves get together and, Kill a couple hours talking about Independence Day resurgence yeah, and how I mean, amazing that's, it was. Yeah, that's
1: the main reason we still do it. Right? But uh, it is uh, we do the, it for our cha-ching. own. Well, <laughs> and the
0: old moolah. But uh, it's it like but for, it, I mean
1: for us, we use this as an opportunity to blow off steam and a way to like find some kind of connection with. A human element with each other. Mm-hmm. This this is in the sense that we're all naked and rubbing each other's knees mm-hmm. constantly with all. I oil. mean, you've got that weenus cage still <laughs> on, so there's a limit to how much we can rub. Right? Like this
0: is this <laughs> yeah. is the like uh this is the only regular like friend hanging out time I know I can rely on, and I know yeah, yeah. And it's very important to me for that reason, very meaningful to me. And it, if we can, if it touches other people in a way that helps them, then I'm very touched by that. And I'm very thankful for it.
4: Uh, Cha-ching!
0: Yeah, had to had
1: to erase the sentiment somehow. I'm really glad that I'm really glad that we have an Elliot around, so he can say things that sound genuine, as opposed to me, where I always sound sarcastic. Oh, you sound very genuine. Or Dan, who just says cha-ching and, I don't know, <laughs> other stuff. Here's here's the thing. That's what I do. I say other stuff. <laughs> you, say, you say, et cetera. All, here's, how, here's how you learn. Well, and Dan, I, you don't sound quite as... You and I, we have a natural cadence to our voices, which sound, I don't know, sarcastic or... Mm-hmm. Like you sound smug and self-satisfied all the time. <laughs> like you're popping your collar every time you talk. Oh, well,
0: <laughs> now it, yeah, because you just pulled up in, you, out in, in, now, that, huh? in, in that in that testerosa your dad bought you for your 17th birthday and laughing at us. And then you drive off, collar popped, hot babes all over you. Mm-hmm. That's, ponytail. That's certainly the thing that people He's got a ponytail about. too? Big 90s car phone with, in a convertible. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: not not sort of a monotonal, depressive sound. Oh, not more. at
0: all. Now, here's here's how you learn how to do the Ellie Kalin emotional honesty and openness uh, talking thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is you spend a few years doing a basement comedy show in which you have no prepared material and you will instead just talk about what's going on in your life for anywhere from one to two and a half hours at a time, <laughs> <laughs> as people fall asleep in front of you because it's midnight. <laughs> And then over time, you you just feel comfortable talking in front of anybody about everything. Yeah, it seems it's like.
2: like George Burns said, the most important thing is sincerity. Once you can fake that, you've got it made. Classic Burnsy. Uh, anything you want to say about kaiju films? Oh <laughs> yeah, kaiju films. Well, it's a big, it's a good question
0: because you always want to have less monster than you want. Too much monster, and the monster loses
1: its mystique. And the thing about the people is that they also kind of uh, help set the scale of the
4: monster.
0: Yes, very much so. Not And not only in just that, like, they're running away, and we can see they're much smaller, but that by a monster attacking a city can be too goofy or abstract. You need some kind of life to ground it against. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the successes of the new Godzilla movie that just came out recently, that even though the characters are fairly boilerplate, the world they're inhabiting is so realistically bureaucratic that when a giant monster comes into it, it's genuinely terrifying because it's this is a world that should not accommodate both government incompetence and bureaucratic red tape and a giant monster that can
1: shoot laser beams out of its mouth. It's something that will take advantage of that red tape. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, uh, it's like one of the things I loved about Pacific Rim was the – Uh, during an attack in Japan where everybody was down in it. Like, it showed uh, civilians in a bunker underneath the city intercut with shots of giant monster and robot fighting. Yeah. Just to give you a sense of, like, the fear of having to endure some kind of, uh, like, devastation on that That
0: scale. There are people at stake, and they have a real emotional response. But in terms of, like, seeing the monster, too little is worse than too much, But too much can sometimes be no good. And it's not a kaiju movie, but the movie that does this the most perfectly is Alien. Alien gives you the exact right amount of the xenomorph so that you get a sense of what it looks like. But every time it shows up, it's super scary They never give you enough time to get used to its design. Should have had eyes.
1: No, it's better without eyes. No, it should have big
0: old, big old googly googly eyes, (laughs) just popping out like Tex Avery wolves,
1: or like just wiggling around every time (laughs) it moves its head. Like, what's it looking at? Who knows? As amazing as
0: aliens is, it's not scary because the you know what the aliens are and they're enemy soldiers at that
1: point. You know, or it's more like the gorillas. Are you saying aliens isn't scary? And yeah, what about the moment when he's that. looking at his little fucking radar thing and he's like, but they're in the room yeah. that but you're not seeing them at that moment. And what about Newt? She's scary as hell dude. she's a little <laughs> crazy girl <No.
0: laughs> Aliens is tense. It's nail biting. But it's
2: not frightening the way that Paul
1: Reiser—he's so corrupt.
2: <laughs> yeah, my parents. The rise. My the parents, scary thing is the way a man's soul can be corrupted. He was
1: willing to
0: sacrifice his fellow human beings to for the, money. To, to this change. day,
1: my mom t- says that she and my dad hate Paul Reiser and can't watch Mad About You because <laughs> of Paul
2: Reiser's performance
1: of <laughs> Aliens.
2: I can't watch Mad About You, but that's for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Because you and Helen Hunt had that falling out. That's right. <laughs> I broke her and hang his area up. Uh, so this next one is from Lars' last name withheld. Von Trier. <laughs> oh, wow. When hey. directing movies like Dogville,
0: uh. I often find that I need a, a, a relaxing Have you thing. ever
2: watched a movie with Charlotte Gainsbourg?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is how I, I sound, y'all. I'm a bad little boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, flo- hey, Floppers. Hey, just, bud. Just a quick Stop. note. After listening to episode 101... Remind me which one it was. I looked up Al Madrigal's Lies and Illusions on IMDb. Uh. It appears that the film was, in fact, such a cash grab that the poster for the film on IMDb includes the words, quote, descriptive tagline can go here at the bottom. (laughs) See the attached image for reference. Thanks for being the best podcast that exists and keep on flopping. Now I have the image here. (laughs) So you can see. Yep, right there, right under the
0: title,
3: descriptive tagline is go here. <laughs> I hope that's totally real.
2: That's hilarious. Um, Not much to say about that. It's just um, a funny story. Really funny, yeah. Keep uh, it moving. Moving on. <laughs> this is from Grace Last Name with Hell. Land. Mm-hmm, 30 million miles. What's the name <laughs> 30
0: of it? Mil- yeah, it's the Ray Harryhausen Elvis <laughs> film, 30 million miles
3: to Grace Land. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> you go through a Stargate Grace writes Dear Archie, you're a good cat and I love you I know in the hierarchy of cats in the Flophouse Most might put you at a woeful second But to me, you're the cat star The Insane. best cat, He's the, the top best. cat Such a good cat When recommending the Flophouse to friends, co-workers, and people on the street I'm almost always encountered with Ugh, another bad movie podcast Instead of waxing poetic Of <clears> the many <throat> pros and few cons of the Flophouse I just respond with a Yeah, but sometimes there's a cat in the room when they record. Haven't hooked any new fans with that yet. Yet. Good kitty, Archie. Such a good kitty. Thanks for keeping Dan company and for being such a good cat. Sincerely, Grace, last name withheld. I wish you could see Elliot's face as I wrote that letter.
0: I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm Uh, glad
1: that people. that's people's reaction. Most of the time when I uh, explain what my podcast is, people say, what's a podcast or... I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> hmm. Joe, so this episode's brought to you by Joe Rogan's podcast, <laughs> the Joe Rogan Experiment. What the fuck's it called? I don't know. Joe it around? Oh, okay. Joe time. It's like the number one podcast in the universe, right? Big Fucking
3: Bank aliens use show. that. I don't watch that.
1: Those two things are what like. aliens base their perception
0: of our society on. That's why when you meet, you know, you meet an alien when he walks up and he goes, "Bazinga, friends." You're like, that's not a real word anyone uses, and I don't appreciate the assumption that I know what it means.
1: Mm-hmm. Then B-O-E-N. he puts on a fucking Joe Satriani tape, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not surfing with you, dude. <laughs> Go on, Dan.
2: It's
0: a very specific alien.
2: <laughs> I feel like the Joe Rogan experience would be like to get punched for some sort of minor misunderstanding. Yeah, I think that's that could be the case. <laughs> yep. Um I mean, yeah. Joe Rogan Dan, He was when you put the host hair of Fear on.
1: Factor. Mm-hmm. That show was super important for Well, and he was on on news radio, radio, one of my
2: favorite shows of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets gets him a lot Fear factor. (laughs) Uh Mm-hmm. Last letter. My favorite peaches. Favorite peaches. And the...
0: (laughs) Did a villain kidnap us? (laughs) Ma! My favorite peaches. He's stroking
1: our our hair, maybe our rosy cheeks. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: As we as we feed candy in our mouths, not knowing that he's about to shovel us into, I guess his baking oven to make us into pot pie.
2: Delicious peaches pot pie. In the "We Are Your Friends" episode, like
3: another Dick Tracy villain, peaches pot pie.
2: <laughs> and,
3: yeah, oh, well, I have a minor deformity. Why are you being so mean to me, Dick
0: Tracy? You're a crook. I know it. I believe in the medieval assumption that the body
3: reflects the soul.
2: While while we're. Uh, while we're talking about things that happened last episode, I want to apologize for, uh, uh, clearly, Rogue One has Forrest Whitaker in it, not Charles S. Dutton. A, you said that? Uh, Elliot said, Charles isn't Charles S. Dutton in the new movie? And I was like, unthinkingly, I was like, yeah. So we both got that one wrong. Wait, yeah. I, I honestly don't know much about the movie, but I apologize,
0: too. They don't look alike or sound alike. Anyway. One is Rock. The other's The Last King of Scotland slash Ghost Dog.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one is in Mimic, Charles S. Dutton. The other one is not. He's in The Crying Game, Forrest Whitaker.
2: Yes. The, I All think these are right. correct things. But uh, to get back to the letter. In the We Are Your Friends episode, Dan referred to a slew of letters discussing how they once thought nothing but trouble was a fever dream. This reminded me of my one and only actual fever dream, which co- coincidentally... Occurred during a movie.
1: <laughs> I was. Way. It was uh, almost famous. Uh, they were playing the song "Fever Dog" by the band Stillwater. <laughs> that
0: that's the only fever dream I ever had. I was so inspired by it. I wrote nothing but trouble. Signed Dan. Last name withheld.
2: Ackroyd. <laughs> <laughs> As a freshman in college. My class was required to attend the, required to attend a screening of the Japanese classic Woman in the Dunes.
0: Oh, that's on my TiVo right now, and I haven't watched it yet.
2: I was really sick that day, but it was the only screening, so I figured I would tough through it. The next week in class... <laughs> tough. The next week in class, we had a discussion about the movie. I mentioned that, although I really liked the movie, the tonal shift about midway through from creepy suspense film... The full-on creature feature about a giant spider attacking the characters was confusing. Apparently, my feverish brain decided to show me a different movie. (laughs) Floppers, have you ever had a movie experience completely altered for you, whether biologically, chemically, etc.? Sincerely, Andrew, last name withheld. I'm going to tell two stories off of
0: this. Yeah, One is that the experience he had sick, I've had many times healthy. I used to go to a lot of movies after work when I worked long hours of The Daily Show when I was a single man. And I would go to film forum and watch old movies, and I would constantly fall asleep near the end of the movie, and my brain would continue the movie for about anywhere from five seconds to a minute. And I'd jerk awake, and the movie would not be what I just thought it was, and I'd have to readjust, like, what's going on? How much of that did I just dream? It happened to me a lot. And I remember doing it, especially during the Akira Kurosawa movie, I Want to Live, about a man who's driven insane by his fear of the atomic bomb. And at the end of the movie, I was just like, stay awake. I'm coming up with too many alternate ways that this movie can go (laughs) as I fall asleep. The others I think I've talked about before, the first time I ever had a kidney stone was a terrifying experience. And I watched From Beyond and it really made it like a more meaningful picture to me because as these people's bodies were being distorted by another dimension that vibrates at another frequency,
1: Mm -hmm. I was like, these guys get it. And you uh, you pulled your blanket back and you were wearing like a like a black teddy. <laughs> For some reason I had a black SNM outfit on and yeah. I was covered in goopy Vaseline mm-hmm. and then bees took my flesh <laughs> from you. Yeah, I had something like that. I uh, when I was in high school I had a broken arm and I broken arm with John Travolta and Christian mm-hmm. Slater. And oh, it God. was a <laughs> <laughs> it
2: wasn't even close to a pun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that you made the joke based on my situation and not a movie. I saw, uh, I, and I had a, uh, I had a cast up over my elbow and I was in a, uh, I was in a car accident because, uh, this dude in was driving his car down our gravel drive and he was driving real fast. and he's like, Hey guys, I'm going to try and fishtail, that did not end well and we totally crashed into a fucking tree and i uh i slammed up against the the passenger side seat and because my cast went up over my elbow it my elbow couldn't bend so it ended up breaking my humerus <sighs> and uh we were of course listening to a song by the band lords of acid so i can't listen to that anymore and we're, I dragged my, which totally sucks. Cause there's all these situations when I want to listen to the band <laughs> Lords of Acid, I can't do it. So I dragged myself out of the car and the whole time I'm like, Oh my God, my arm has a new elbow in my fucking middle of my bicep. And, uh, they, you know, uh, took me and whatever. I broke my arm. But while I was, uh, convalescing from this illness, Of a broken, Uh, uh, second uh, uh, broken arm. Injury,
0: not
3: illness.
1: Yeah, injury, sure. Um, My my mom rented a bunch of horror movies for me to watch, some tapes. And uh, she rented the movie Body Parts for me, starring Jeff Fahey, which involves a man who is involved in a horrible car accident and he gets an arm transplant. Unfortunately, that arm is from a serial killer. Uh, And that made it a very weird experience for me. (laughs)
0: Uh, did I say that the Ikura Korsan movie is called I Want to Live or I Live in Fear?
2: I can't remember.
0: Okay, the title is I Live in Fear. I may have said I Want to Live, which is the movie about the woman on death row. That's a different movie. I Live in Fear is the one I was talking about.
2: Dan? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have a good story, unfortunately. You I have,
1: like our great story. I, have, I love also as <laughs> you
2: picked the letter yourself. No, I thought
0: this you This will guys, set me up for a fall.
2: I thought you guys would have good <laughs> This story. will show me. Uh, I mean, I have had the experience of like... Being in a meeting and like like drifting off to sleep and jerking back the way that you're talking about watching the film forum things and like thinking that something has happened in the meeting that has not happened at all. But uh, I've run some of those meetings where you've done that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I watched the movie Enemy and was like half drunk and asleep the whole time, and I think that was probably the perfect way to watch it.
0: Uh, one thing that bonded my wife and I together. Was glue. Uh, (laughs) When when we were first going out, she was at my apartment once, and we both got a stomach bug uh, at the same time. And it was just like, all we have the energy to do is watch whatever's on TV. And we ended up watching, like, The Land Before Time and Clueless and I think another movie, just whatever happened to come on television at the time. And (laughs) it was like...
1: These movies. Paul Rudd has been the same looking since the dawn of time I was like, when he how was does hanging he look out with Ducky as, and Petrie. How does, he,
0: how does he look the same as in Ant-Man, a movie that won't come out for 10 years? <laughs> but uh, but it was one of those things where it was like, we're so sick. These movies are a lot better to us. right? I mean, Clueless is a good movie anyway, but these movies seem a lot better to us right now because we're sick and it's about people and things that are not sick. So that was good.
1: I remember being super sick with some kind of a some kind of a stomach bug, and my uh, my wife watched like she she watched the first season of Mad Men. I'd already seen it, but she watched it, and it was I had just the weirdest Mad Men related dreams in between sleeping and like shooting my brains out. Mm -hmm. Which is
2: not how your brains should go. No, Uh, so it should stay in the head,
0: not go out the butt. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> this uh, just like
0: in Victor Frankenstein as we learned at the end with his sketch brain goes in head
2: <laughs> this is the uh, final segment of the podcast where we recommend movies that we actually liked uh, I'll go first just because the movie I'm gonna recommend I liked okay <laughs> saw it on a plane <laughs> not a huge recommendation I saw Doctor Strange the latest Marvel little movie little art film mm-hmm. yeah I,
0: so if you were writing a review of it, the headline would not be Doctor Strange, Love.
2: No. Would it, it would be, be Mad
1: that. About Mads, a Dan McCoy story? Yes. It would
2: be that. Okay, he was great in it then. Uh, he He's was great fine. in everything. He was, you know, he was... The, it, how was a lot There's not a lot of room in these movies for really good villains. Well, like, I feel the, like that's a problem yeah. with the Marvel Cinematic movies. That's
0: a major issue that... Loki has been the one charismatic villain, basically in yeah. them. And otherwise, the villain is more an excuse to give the hero
1: something to do. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of liked Lee Pace in Guardians of the Galaxy, mainly because I felt like a lot of his scenes felt like they were in a different movie. I liked
0: how over the top, like serious he was about everything. Yeah, that was really great. And I liked to think that he was channeling the anger he felt for not getting the part of Star Lord. That he originally auditioned oh. for, I believe. And they're like, no, you don't get to be the star of the movie, but you can have this crazy, goopy makeup all over your face and just yell at stuff and hold a big hammer. I
2: thought he was great. But also, I mean, like, that movie allowed the over the top seriousness to be funny because it was in contrast to, like, the goopiness of the rest of the movie. So, like, when he then encountered Star Lord, the fact that he was. Dealing He's like, with wait, this, this is a silly
1: ball. movie. I yeah. thought it was so <laughs> oh, serious. I've been doing it wrong all exactly. movie. <laughs> so I've heard Doctor Strange is like a super tripped out psychedelic experience man. I would not go
2: that far. There are a few like sequences. don't do
1: it on weed or you're going to go permanently
2: loco. <laughs> there are a few sequences that are. Uh, <laughs> that was the original title for
0: uh for the for, for that book about being a heroin addict, right? Yeah. Permanently loco. <laughs> instead a permanent midnight. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a movie that uses CGI in a good way, which is, let's use it to do a thing that you couldn't do with practical effects. Let's, let's really, like, push it to, to do something interesting and let's new. Let's
1: take it to the limit. Yeah, like Lawnmower Man, where are
2: you <laughs> <laughs> where you use CGI to, like, yeah, totally cyber. trip people out. Yeah, man. or the Money for Nothing <laughs> Video where you, you yeah, made a great video. You couldn't just have like people. Or the Let's Get Rocked video. Parts.
0: No, you couldn't just show people moving goods in a warehouse. No, it doesn't work. We well, can't do that on film with live action. Um,
1: you could do it, but it wouldn't achieve the same like super mechanical robot futuristic effects, That's man.
2: True. Yeah. All the actors are Or have it.
1: just a headband playing guitar. What the fuck? That's crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Tilda Swinton probably is the best uh, in in the movie. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just fine. Like I mean, actor you, or character, her her <laughs> performance. Uma Thurman
3: is. in the role of Tilda Swinton <laughs> in the Doctor Strange movie.
2: Her performance is probably the high the highlight okay. uh, acting wise. Um, Aside from Matt,
1: how's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch?
2: Are <laughs> you going to go through
1: uh,
3: every actor in the movie? No, nah, well he didn't how's respond to my J4
1: question, so he doesn't
3: know
0: who that is. He's yeah. an actor,
1: dude. He plays Mordo. Um, how's Benedict Cumberbatch's accent? Because in the trailer, it's it not, sounds pretty it's shitty. It's not a so good in the trailer.
2: <laughs> no, it's I, you get used to it over the course of the movie. I'll say that no. about it.
0: You get used to it. Raves <laughs> Dan McCoy of the Vlogmas. Hey,
2: forget about it. He's a New York doctor. <laughs> He's a very charismatic guy. I think that the. The movie hampers that charisma a little bit by making... All it, those scenes where he's hiding in a hamper. <laughs> <laughs> by Why it.
0: does Doctor Strange keep escaping from alternate dimensions by hiding in a laundry hamper and getting wheeled into the exit?
2: It, I think it's hampered by him it being an Scott origin Atkins story. How is Scott Adkins in
1: the movie? Oh he plays fucking heavy and that dude is the heaviest <laughs> piece of meat on the silver screen.
0: Uh, fine. How's Stanley fine. in his cameo that I assume he has? I can't remember his
1: cameo. Does he play like a hot dog vendor? Or? He's got to be. And he,
0: he's he's selling hot dogs to some mindless ones <laughs> over in Nightmare's yeah. Realm.
1: Yeah, to Mephisto shows up <laughs> and he's like...
2: I will man, say, it, it's a pretty standard Marvel movie, it does, the, the denouement is... A little more interesting. They find a, a more interesting way to wrap things up. Oh, it's not that there's a portal that something's going to come through, and they've got to stop it from coming through a portal. There is, in fact, a portal that something's going to come oh, through. Oh, god! But the way that they deal with that is much better than like the okay. usual. As I like, I like, the mar- they, For the part, I like the most part. I like them. Punch Marvel the
1: portal until it stops being open.
0: Where it's like that Johnny Ryan comic where Doctor Strange has sex <laughs> with a portal, and he finds <laughs> that another Doctor Strange is on the other side, and now they're connected by the penis. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I like the Marvel movies I don't like that so many of them end with portals that they have yeah. to close Whatever, if they're portals of time then I would love it mm-hmm. not enough time travel
1: uh, that's it. So I'm going to do, uh, thanks to Dan going super long on his With the movie that his
2: recommendation was, sake. quote, okay. You guys wouldn't let me finish anything. <laughs> He's
3: like, here's a movie the I think single was
0: sentence. so-so an hour later. In, I could in not conclusion.
3: finish
2: a single sentence without I have you guys a million thoughts breaking this. in as if you had news <laughs> of the a, Kennedy assassination. I'm going to do this one in listicle form. And another thing. <laughs>
1: uh i'm gonna do a quick recommendation on a movie that i probably talked about on the show um it's a little werewolf movie called dog soldiers oh okay directed by neil marshall uh it's a bit of an action movie bit of a horror movie about old werewolves it's about a (laughs) what if it was a horror movie about old werewolves like werewolves that are not aging gracefully yeah, I mean, there's there, an old werewolf in The Howling. That's true, I guess. <laughs> Isn't there yeah. a
2: movie called like Late Phases that's old werewolves?
1: Oh, I don't know that one. Very well could be the case yeah. if uh, I'm not recommending that movie because I haven't seen it, but maybe. Um, so Dog Soldiers is a movie about a group of uh, British or Scottish soldiers who are uh, kind of a like a ragtag group of dudes who are sent on uh, maneuvers and while I maneuvers they find uh, themselves under attack from some werewolves and, <laughs> and uh we are the werewolves it's got a pretty great little cast uh Sean Pertwee, Kevin McKidd, uh Liam Cunningham, a bunch of other dudes and it manages to be Neil Marshall the director and writer uh, has also directed a bunch of the like the big action-y Game of Thrones episodes. He's also directed a bunch of movies that I've also recommended on here, like The Descent, which is one of the best horror movies of the last 20 years. Um, what was his
0: Mad max type movie?
1: Uh, fuck, Doomsday. Doomsday. And uh, Dog Soldiers was a, is just like a fun little, uh like a bit of a soldiers-y movie, like a dirty dozen-y like, tough soldiers talking shit but then there's also a bunch of werewolves show up and the werewolf effects are good there's uh they're they're pretty practical and uh yeah check it out i'm going
0: to quickly recommend two movies uh that are kind of a uh double shot of depends on how you want to deal with the latest news if you're looking for a movie that, and these are both movies i watched before yesterday but they seemed they they thinking about them helped me out a little bit uh, one of them, if you're looking for a movie that – if you're unhappy about the situation, you're looking for a movie that kind of mirrors that feeling. Uh, a movie I saw recently was Krzysztof Kislowski's uh, No End. He did the Three Colors trilogy and the Decalogue and Double Life of Veronique. This is a slightly earlier movie than that about uh, a very well-respected uh, lawyer who defends political prisoners in Poland. And this is right after martial law was declared to try to end the Solidarity Union movement. Uh, He has passed away, and that means that this case that he was covering of a striking worker who is in jail has been thrown into chaos, and his wife, who kind of didn't realize until he was gone how much she really loved him and how important he was to her life, is dealing with her grief in ways that are not fully safe and that are her way in a way of also digesting what's going on in her country and how— how hard it is to understand what's going to happen to everyone there and how, how much freedom they have or don't have anymore. It's a super bleak movie. It's at times a really beautiful movie. It looks great, but it's super bleak. So be ready to not feel so good afterwards, but it's a really good movie, no end. And the other one is about as popcorn a movie as you get, and that's a movie from 1979 called A Little Romance with Diane Lane and Laurence Olivier, which is literally about an American teenager in Paris who falls in love with a French teenager, and the two of them want to run away to Venice so they can kiss under a bridge. And it is maybe a little too sugary for some people. It's one of those movies where it's not trying too hard to put you in suspense, and it's not a particularly realistic view of two young people running away. But I really enjoyed it a lot, and it was just a very like amusing, delightful experience that I was happy I sat through and, and really enjoyed.
1: How many killings in that one?
0: Uh, zero killings. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's Can a you make a
2: movie with no. I people? mean, there's a Hard stepdad
0: pass. in it who is very much like the dad in Theria the world. Quinn? No, in the world of Henry Orient, and there were times when I was like, oh, his relationship to Diane Lane is much like the relationship between the dad and the daughter in the world of Henry Orient. Uh, but and Lawrence Olivier is pretty is very charming in it. So a little romance if you want to get picked up a little bit.
2: And I want to get picked up. <laughs> So take
0: me home tonight.
2: That's that, guys. Uh I'm going to sign off very quickly because we're running late because we're running late. And I was up very late last night covering the damn election for the daily shows. So I got
1: to head to head to Kentucky
0: yeah. this weekend on Voyage. Yeah. I yep. heard you've got to deal with some—they called you in to deal with some killings
1: around mine country. Exactly. Yeah. I'm heading down into Appalachia, first going to West Virginia,
2: and then down into Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Seems like something's got to be justified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. Thanks for everything. <laughs> I like everything. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening to. Uh, thanks for listening to us work through some shit. <laughs> uh,
2: for the flopouts, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm always Stuart Wellington. And I'll always be here
0: for you, with you, by you, of you, <laughs>
2: Elliot Kalen. By you, Billy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So
2: first, we do the intro. <laughs> 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 Hence its name. We're all uh, a
3: little loopy day. <laughs> it's when Jimmy Stewart but,
4: showed up to
3: do this thing, pilgrim. kind of a rough night <laughs> and a rough day. <laughs> I mean Jimmy Stewart. I was a Republican, but I was more of an establishment Republican. I'm more of a John Wayne tonight, pilgrim. I'm a Tom Brokaw here to talk about Dune. <laughs> <laughs> the story well, Like always, Jesus, chill the out, The story dude. of Maud <gasps> Dib born Paul Atreides <laughs> as he takes control of the Freeman or Fremen and rides a maker worm. The secret of the spice <laughs> without its intragalactic navigation is not possible.
1: So do they take that spice and just give it to the giant floating space worm guys? What's, how does that work?
3: When you've taken enough of the spice, it <laughs> distorts your body oh, okay. in horrific ways, but allows you the ability to bend time oh, okay, and space. I guess that's worth it, then. <laughs> More space than time. The great trading houses <laughs> rely on the spice. Like Hercone and Atreides? Very much so. (laughs) The spice is life. (laughs) In opposition, uh, fear is the mind killer. Yep.
4: The
3: little little death within us all. Uh, All right, intro. Now in Chapter House Dune. Yes,
0: Amy? Or Sammy, yeah, Dan.
3: I'm tired. Uh, that's
0: all right. Name name you after my son. I mean, I did make dinner for you and him the other. Uh, what was that? A week ago? We can have it. Oh,
1: you guys made a little dinner.
0: Yeah, Dan came over. He have it was chicken nice, pot
1: pies or something. Uh <laughs> I mean, it was
0: chicken, and I made and I roasted broccoli. And I was every every now and then I'd take a moment to glance over and see my son and Dan lying <laughs> head to head on the couch watching the Muppet Show.
3: <laughs> it was really it's adorable. pretty adorable. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is after we'd all gone out for ice cream. Yep, we're a regular family.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.
3: Instead of door busting for a plasma TV this Black Friday, how about you stay in and snag the best deal of all? Max FunCon 2017 tickets. MaxFunCon West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June, and Max MaxFunCon East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both go on sale Friday, November 25th, and they're going to sell out fast. So mark your calendars and visit MaxFunCon.com on November 25th to secure your spot. Max MaxFunCon, way more fun than a smartwatch or whatever.